Well, hello and welcome to episode number 293 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carlos and we are back in the PTUK studios this week. It's all well and not covered in soot or, well, you know, fireman uh, footsteps, I should say, downstairs, which is still on the car, but I have to say, Matt, aren't they? How are you, Matt Smith? Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Yes, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you recovered after last week's slightly um, intense <laughs> situation. Uh, it was. A, I, I, I'll be honest with you. It's a weekend that uh, I'm either don't want to forget. No, I do want to forget and don't want to remember or something like that. But anyway, yeah. we don't. I don't really want but to talk about it. We've too sorted much. out all yeah, that now. It's all, it's all done. It's, it's all lovely. Done and everything's lovely. And stuff, yes, yeah. mother had a bit of excitement because there was a house full of firemen. So you know, yeah. it's not all bad. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's know. the most fun she's had on a Friday night for. Many years, yeah, yeah. Yes. but uh, <laughs> we are back, um, and uh, everything's good. So, how, how are things? Have you been coaching this week? Anyway, I else? have. I've been doing lots of driving. Uh, sort of. Uh, Mainly unexcited. They they very kindly didn't send me to London on Wednesday, which is where I was supposed to be going Aww. because I might have been a bit, um, you know, delicate. Obviously, after yeah. last week, so I've been mainly local this week. Um, but uh, yeah, no, 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 nowhere of any real note. I think I think I've got uh, uh, Yarmouth next week. Mm. But uh, you know, uh, well, this week <laughs> under advisement from Matt, I had a little jolly into London yesterday, yes. and I went and ticked off one of my. Um, bucket list items and I went to view HMS Belfast and went on board was it good it was amazing yeah it is fantastic it's it's a brilliant museum floating museum and uh, for anyone who's interested in uh, in battleships um, should go and have a look around HMS Belfast because you can literally go well you can go go down to the keel near enough it's it's that in depth uh, Mm. but I will say it's not uh, if you're or if you have a broken leg or have no legs or anything like that, it's not the best place to go because it's quite there's lots narrow. Of stairs, lots of stairs steps. and steps and stuff. Lots but of it steps. Is, it's definitely worth a, it's definitely worth a visit if yeah. you're in London. I mean, it's eighteen quid to get in yeah. for an adult, but it's absolutely worth did, it. Did you go to the Churchill War Rooms? Because that was the other place. I no, gave unfortunately, you a, yeah. I had to actually go and do some work. Oh, okay. Oh, After. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I know um, it's terrible. I was with the boss as well, so right, I couldn't really. Okay, you know, so you couldn't really wiggle out. To be it. to be fair, yeah. I was. Working and looking around HMS Belfast, right? If you okay. can put yeah, no, that's fine. That's all right. Yeah. I'm a coach driver. I'm very oh, familiar yeah. with that concept. You know, when we get Being parked paid up somewhere, to have fun. yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So yeah. joining us this week as well, back uh, in his uh, stately home in Buckinghamshire, is of course the legend that is Neville Bounds. Hello, good evening. Yes, I'm back for some more. I was uh, away last week uh, on my birthday when all the excitement was going on in the uh, in the Smith household. Yeah, but uh, uh, seriously, I'm glad that everybody was okay. Um, and it wasn't. I mean, it was bad, but it could have been a, hell, a whole lot worse as well. Yes. I guess. Yeah. Um, so uh, glad everybody's okay. But, yes, me uh, too. I won't lie. Yes. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been a good good week for me. I spent a couple of days in Belfast this week, uh, Monday and Tuesday. Really enjoyed that. And um, yeah, work's getting very busy at the moment, so I'm uh, flying all over the shop, can't yeah, which is uh, nice. And uh, yeah, really really good times actually. So um, um, looking forward to another great show. Excellent. So also joining us across the pond in his uh, studio, home studio, and uh, is of course the king of all pilots, and uh, he's uh, also, uh, well, he's very busy, a busy pilot, I think, just uh, right. recently. So welcome <laughs> onto the show. Back as always, it's Armando. Yeah, I think there's about 300,000 pilots worldwide that listen to this show that just rolled their eyes when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had 300,000 people listening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you, Armando? 
I'm well. I'm glad to be back home in North Carolina. Uh, as you guys know, I was in Colorado for a couple weeks flying a Baron, and uh, I got there Sunday, so two Sundays ago, and that is the same day that they had a massive snowstorm. Mm-hmm. So I was actually, yeah, so I was actually grounded for about four days just waiting for the weather to clear and trying to figure out, remember how to drive in, in that much snow. But uh, once it cleared up, it was fantastic. And I, I really enjoyed flying out there in the Colorado Rockies. And it's just every flight was a beautiful flight. And uh, yeah, it was just just a whole other flying experience that, that was really great. But uh, probably the biggest news for the week is uh, this is officially the, the public up. announcement. Drum roll. Yeah, so I did that get is the hired worst on. Drum, drum roll yeah. ever. Did Carlos just fall down the stairs? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. If, I'm not sure, quite sure. I, I thought what he what I thought it was. I thought we were going to have to open a window in a minute. But anyway, there we are. <laughs> now, now, Mac, this this piece wow. of news that Armando's yeah. got, you wouldn't have heard about. I don't think so. This is quite, oh, okay. quite yeah, exciting. All right. You have my attention. So here in the U.S., uh, we have what's called a Part 135 carrier. So they're either regional on-demand or scheduled operations. So I did get hired on with a Part 135 uh, airline here in the U.S. And uh, for the purposes of the podcasting and in tradition of podcasting, we're going to call them Acme Infinity. Uh, so, And it'll make sense once you figure out why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I got hired on. I'll be flying the PC-12 at first for, uh, you know, probably a year, year and a half or so. And uh, very quick, I start training on December 10th. So Ooh. don't have a lot of, of time and I'll, I'll be headed up to Denver for ground school and then home for the holidays, then back up to Denver for sim and, uh, and aircraft training. So wow. I'll be joining the ranks of the professional pilot world Woo-hoo. post-military here. Wow. Well done, Armando. How well done. cool yeah. is that? Congratulations. A little rad. Yeah, right, right, of course. Yeah. Well Good. Yes, absolutely. Yes. But more important than that, sitting right next to me <laughs> is the man, the myth, the legend, Matthew Bunting Frame, who <laughs> is <laughs> all the way from Australia. G'day, guys. How are you going? Uh, now, I have many questions. Uh, what, so, so how come you're in Australia? Uh, you're not normally you're in Australia. Sorry, I should stress. Uh, I haven't had a drop to drink, I promise. I'm just a bit tired. Uh, <laughs> uh, so right. what, what brings you to Charlotte? <laughs> well, I've come to Charlotte just to, uh, to catch up with some friends, but uh, I've come to the States on urgent family business. And, okay. And uh, so, yeah, basically flying out on Saturday from Australia and then it's been a whirlwind kind of trip and, and uh, dealing with family stuff. And, and yeah, it's been, it's been pretty intense, but uh, it's been great just to decompress down here from the hills in, in, in Charlotte with Armando. And I caught up with uh, Dr. Steph also today, which is fantastic. Oh, so now I very, very lucky. Yeah, <laughs> very, very, very is. So now, uh, Armando, you've sent me a picture here, haven't you? What's, what's that all about? Is that? Uh, is- yeah. So that's, yeah, that was up in Denver and, uh, that's a, a picture that I managed to take as we were taking off out of the Colorado Springs airport. Right. And uh, it's just a, I, I mean, you're taking off at, at 5,000 feet, uh, 6,000 feet field elevation, and the mountains are towering over you uh, an extra 6,000 feet or so, if not more. So I, I got uh, a couple pictures there. And then another one where we were sharing a ramp with a Air Force C-17 uh, amongst other things, I think the whole week I was out there, I saw 
A-10s, F-22s, a couple F-16s came by, some Ospreys, a C-17. Um, yeah, so it's pretty funny to, to be flying a Baron and you're taxiing behind an A-10, you know, or, or the tower will tell you, hey, give way to the flight of A-10s, and you just say, <laughs> okay, yeah, sure, <laughs> will do. Yeah. Fantastic. So joining us. I press um, the wrong buttons. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always figured it was like a, like one of the James Bond cars where it'll just spit oil out the back or something like that, and then I would skid up. Like a, no, never mind. So joining us uh, in the PTUK studios this week, we thought we'd have a guest join us in the studio just for a change. And uh, it's safe to say our guest this week has probably logged more air miles in the last <laughs> six months than all of us have earned in the last... 10 years <laughs> so Thank welcome <laughs> welcome onto the show it's will hayes hi how are you will uh still getting over jet lag well not quite jet lag but yeah still getting over the time difference from bangladesh back to here so oh bangladesh so uh, uh what was the airline of choice uh, for, that for that one was klm into skipole then Emirates. Ooh, you, you, weren't, you, weren't, you weren't there while all this, this squawk code stuff was kicking off, were you? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, okay. And then that was it was Emirates into Dubai, Emirates into uh, Dakar, and then Bitsman Airways or some... <laughs> some I think it was a local kid. airline right. from, okay. uh, from Dakar into Chittagong. So wow. That was three airlines, one trip. Okay, but it's safe to say uh, Will has travelled on many airlines. Uh, I think you you said you early you sort of lost count, stopped counting at thirty airlines. I think yeah, sort of around about. And uh, Will's travelled in uh, well quite a few different classes, including business class as well. So we're going to have a chat with uh, Will later on the show in regards to uh, just uh, what he thinks about the whole NPE or passenger experience. So uh, I think Nev will probably uh, do a good thing at leading that. I think, wouldn't you, Nev? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, in town. But uh, we've got lots coming up in the show. We're going to say a quick hello to everyone who's joined us in the chat room this evening. Uh, all the usual family members in there. We've got, uh, let's all flick quick, flick through. We've got Dr. Steph, as you said, Captain Al, my, our main man, Micah, is in the chat room. Uh, Tanya W, uh, scrolling up. Stuart Thompson, hello to you, Stuart. Well, Auntie Liz is in the chat room. We've got Richard Adams, Tony S, uh, Chris Griggs, Graham Haley. Um, I'm just trying to scroll so I don't miss anyone. Uh, I said, did I say Rick Bell? Hello, you, Rick Bell. Um, oh, Pilot Pip as well has joined us in the chat room this evening. If I've missed anyone, very sorry. But thanks to everyone for joining us in the live chat room this evening for the show. So we've got loads of news to get through this week, uh, plus uh, a little spattering of military, I think, at some point, if we uh, have time, because obviously we want to have a good chat with uh, Will about all his flying experiences and uh, we're going to sort of probably ask Will what his best or favourite airline is, I think, out of all the ones he's flown. <laughs> oh. So think about it. I think I know what it might be, yeah. if I'm honest. But anyway, yeah. Say, no say BA and keep Nev happy. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, so we are. Oh, no. I don't have good thoughts on BA at all. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Nev, cover your ears. Nev. <laughs> oh, I just didn't hear that. No, okay. okay. Fair enough. <laughs> so we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Armando. Ready to go. And if you're ready, Matt. Bunting frame. Uh, they're muted. Fine. Anyway, they're muted. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And if you're ready, Nev. Yeah. Uh, I think we're all ready to go here, aren't we? Yeah. Why not? Let's go. Let's go. Perfect. 
So, kicking off this week's first news story, this one is on the oh, this is on the NPR.org website. That's a new one for us this week. Uh, this uh, headline: German airline Lufthansa grounds 1,300 flights as flight attendants strike. Wow, this is another big airline having some strike problems. So Germany's largest airline, Lufthansa, has grounded uh, 1,300 flights as the carrier attempts to weather the internal turbulence, very good, caused by uh, thousands of its flight attendants that have gone on strike. The uh, walkout expected to last two days is uh, impacting travel hubs throughout Europe. The airline apologised to passengers for the inconvenience while the flight attendants union, the UFO, Hmm. says the uh, strike was unavoidable because labour negotiations are with Lufthansa are at a stalemate. As NPR's Rob Schmitz reports, a walkout affects some 180,000 flights. Uh, thousands of Lufthansa flight attendants are striking over pay, pensions and working conditions and they're not even planning to return to work until Friday evening, Schmitz told NPR's uh, newscast unit on Thursday. Lufthansa and the union representing the flight attendants have been uh, at odds for months over the union's legal status and at a last-minute effort by the airline to halt the strike failed after a court in Frankfurt confirmed the walkout was legal, uh, Schmitz said. Uh, Lufthansa said it was forced to scrap 700 flights uh, on Thursday uh, and some 600 flights were uh, affected today, uh, warning that tens of thousands of people will be hit by the industrial action. So obviously this we've had uh, this with BA. Uh, who else have we had strike action with lately? Uh, uh, well, I mean Ryanair did sort Ryanair of summer, didn't they? Yeah, didn't they? Yeah. So uh, Lufthansa obviously being quite a big airline in, uh, in Europe and carrying lots of people, especially uh, in and across uh, to the states, they have quite a big uh, presence out there. Um, Lufthansa will ever had any issues with those at all? I've never flown. No, no, really. It, no, it's one of those ones I've never flown with. Wow, gosh. See, for many years, I've just stuck mainly with KLM. I like KLM, okay, but yeah, yeah I've had a spattering of other airlines, but Lufthansa's never been one of them. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Anyone mm. else, Nev? Uh, I think you've flown with Lufthansa before. Yeah, a few, yeah. quite a few times actually in the past when I was a Star Alliance card holder. But um, yeah, great airline, you know, good good service. And um, there's the trouble is their their schedules a bit like BA's. They're they're very very tight. I think mm, uh, yeah. Frankfurt Airport's a bit bit mad at times. But uh, nonetheless, it is a very decent airline. I think. Yeah, it's a shame when the things like this happen because obviously it affects not uh, just the passengers but obviously the the, the flight attendants or the uh, cabin crew must have uh, a reason as is with the pensions and pay stuff so perhaps they haven't had a pay rise for a while no indeed mm, could indeed be. i should just uh, say i uh, apologize uh, we're having a few problems with will's mic at the moment which i'm trying to work out how i'm going to stop it from buzzing but uh, it's uh, it's why it's a bit quiet uh, so apologies for that i will try and work out something after i've read this story uh, which is uh, as always story number two is a ryanair story this is on the independent this week and the headline is ryanair rejects 737 safety claims as rubbish so ryanair has rejected as rubbish a new newspaper report that it failed to disclose that three of its planes have been grounded. Uh, the Guardian is reporting that three Ryanair's, three of Ryanair's Boeing 737s are being repaired after checks on aircraft in service in China revealed cracks in a key component. On some older 737s, cracks have been found in the pickle fort, fork, sorry, which attaches the wings to the fuselage. Uh, when the problem was identified, the US Federal Aviation uh, Administration issued an airworthiness directive that instructed airlines to 
to inspect planes with more than 30,000 cycles, takeoffs and landings within 60 days. Over the past five weeks, around 50 older models of the twin jet have been grounded for repairs worldwide, with uh, Gol of Brazil, Qantas of Australia and Southwest of the US among those to find faulty aircraft. Ryanair is Europe's busiest, busy, sorry, biggest budget airline and has a fleet of more than 400 Boeing 737-800 jets. While the airline says that the average age of its fleet is six and a half years, some planes are significantly older. Uh, Ryanair says that 70 of its aircraft have been inspected and the rate of finding faults is lower than 5% worldwide average. The three aircraft affected are registered as uh, uh, Echo India uh, Delta Alpha Lima, uh, uh, Echo India again, Delta Charlie uh, Juliet, and Echo India Delta Charlie Lima. Um, the first is 16 years old, the other two are a year younger. Records show that all three operated UK services a month ago, but none has flown commercially since the 9th of October. During the winter season, Ryanair routinely grounds dozens of aircraft because of low demand. A spokesperson for the carrier said this morning's reports on the pickle fork issue in the Guardian newspaper are utter rubbish. Uh, Ryanair openly confirmed to the Guardian newspaper yesterday that its tiny number of findings would not affect either Ryanair's operating fleet or flights because the airline has moved to its winter schedule from the end of October with the cracks are unconnected with the Boeing 737 MAX which is grounded worldwide following two for yeah, 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 the usual usual drivel on the end so uh, yes it's, the one thing uh, that worries me is that two years ago I flew on um, Echo India Delta Charlie Juliet right okay <laughs> it's probably not as big a deal as uh, I mean the thing, but th surely that's what these inspections were all about. I mean, I don't mm. understand why. As long as they're doing something about it, why but they... these pickle forks, Matt, are, they, are quite important. They're what hold the wings. No, 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 to the no, no I get that, but I'm just and saying they've got the best name ever. Well, they have pickle fork. I, I'm rather partial to a little pickle. Uh, I like but, pickled onions, but don't like my fork pickled. Uh, right, well, indeed, there is... it's the kind of thing I want to learn more about, but at the same time, don't want to Google. Right? <laughs> yes. Uh, are you a, it, are you a quite... big Ryanair fan, your... Will? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the only thing that Ryanair is ever any good for is if you can do everything in a very small carry-on and you mm. can run onto the plane and run off of it at the other end. And you yep. can put headphones in and you don't have to pay any attention to the other passengers because there's a certain stag and hen do going to bed <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yes, no, You only have to look at the, flights, the places they fly out of and into. But yeah, not my favourite airline. No. It's, in relation to the uh, 737, it's kind of interesting when you look at the age of the aircraft and the type, is it like the 737-800 that's mainly affected. So most of them are around the 30,000 cycle mark, which is an indicator that on a, on a worldwide scale, there's probably more of these issues about to raise their heads. So um, from a social point of view, from a, a passenger point of view, I don't think it's really something you need to think about. I think you know air, airlines have a vested interest in making sure that their aircraft are, uh, are serviced well and I think it's, it's actually quite transparent that they're, they're telling us that these issues are going on so um, particularly with what is going on with the 737 MAX it's a completely different aircraft obviously it still has a component which is similar but I think it's as I said you know, it's just a, a point in time in any aircraft types where um, issues start to, to come up like with a car with a timing chain or a timing belt something like that but you know as, as long as as long as the airlines are uh, upfront with with what's going on 
and you know maintain good maintenance schedules, I think it's not a, it's a non-issue. Well, of course, uh, in fairness to Ryanair, of course, one of the things that they're there. I, I mean, I, we've had this conversation before, haven't we? Where essentially, if um, if you were ever in a scenario where any budget airline essentially equated low cost equals low safety, that essentially that model is dead. So I think in fairness to Ryanair, I, I, you know, that, that I have no doubt that they are more likely than anyone else to make sure that this is, this is dealt with appropriately. Do you know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. As much as we criticise them, they do a, a fantastic job in getting people in and out of crazy places and, and mm. for whatever their structure well, is... Business wise, it, it it works, and you know, it's it's a good thing. And of course, uh, in fact, actually, myself and Will very recently, because I think your last Ryanair flight was probably going out to go. It was at Aria, yeah, where we went out to um, Phil's wedding, wasn't it? So yeah. that was that was probably the last time, the last and time you were on a Ryanair flight, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, in fact. And they're not a bad airline. No. It's just it, it it's. There is a definite place for these low-cost airlines, and they have the bigger problem because a little bit of news tends yeah. to be yeah. gets blown out of proportion, and it's all over Facebook. And ninety percent of the people that fly with them love Facebook, like it's going yeah, out oh, of absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so a little yeah. bit of bad press gets them yeah, a lot absolutely. of issues. And essentially, I don't see this article, and I'm a bit disappointed because this one's been written by Simon Calder, who uh, Nev, I'm sure you'll agree with me. I normally rate actually as a mm, as yeah. very much you know one of the good guys, if you like, when it comes to to travel reporting. Uh, this I, I do feel like I don't know. How, what do you think, Nev? Is is this a bit of a non-story as far as you're concerned? I think it is really because, as you've said, that that's why these inspections take place. And, yeah. Um, it doesn't matter whether it's aircraft, cars, ships. Um, that is there for safety reasons. And if it's picked up during a routine um, inspection, a, a routine inspection, then that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Actually, Lane Street in the chat room says that the original pickle fork discovery was on a uh, was on passenger versions being converted to freighters in China. Oh, okay. Hmm, so there we go. Heard it here first. Well, yeah, nice one. Yeah. So, moving on to the next story, then Nev, uh, BA have obviously got a few quid uh, in the uh, bank to spend on stuff. <laughs> well, they did have until they've just um, spent it all. Um, this is on the Forbes.com website, and it says that uh, British Airways owner IAG buys Air Europa for one billion euro. Uh, International Airlines Group, otherwise otherwise known as IAG, have acquired yet another European airline in a deal reported to be worth €1 billion. Uh, The owner of British Airways and Iberia has now bought its third Spanish airline after acquiring Vueling in November 2012. This means that IAG will now operate a staggering 80% of seats sold domestically in Spain, Uh, with the ambitions of the Air Europa transaction to solidify Madrid as an IAG hub, along with uh, London Heathrow for British Airways. Uh, The airline group has now expanded to seven brands uh, after also recently acquiring low-cost carrier level and Air Lingus in Ireland. Uh, Willie Walsh, who's the CEO of the airline group, has certainly been known for shrewd deals over the last few years, both through acquisitions, disposals, and even aircraft purchases. British Airways announced uh, earlier this year that it would acquire up to 200 737 MAX aircraft after the struggling jet was grounded globally, largely seen as a positive press for Boeing, who had been embattled with consistently negative headlines over the plane. It's widely 
expected that IAG got a huge discount on the large aircraft purchase. It also stirred up Airbus, who have long provided BA's short-haul fleet, yet didn't get a chance to bid on the order pointing to the fact that the cost per plane of the 737 MAX order would have been well below list prices. The Air Europa transaction is a little different to previous IAG acquisitions. Rather than gaining an expanded foothold in new markets, the transaction is largely about consoli- uh, consolidating one of IAG's key markets, their Madrid hub and the lucrative South American routes. Um, when Forbes spoke to IAG earlier today, they were told that this transaction will be funded through external debt. Uh, spokesman continued to state that this deal is about Spain and making Madrid a more competitive European hub. Asked whether Air Europa would compete with Iberia's Latin American routes, IG responded that they would be close commercial coordination to increase connectivity. Uh, initially, the Air Europa brand will be kept separate, and although passengers will be able to claim Avios frequent flyer miles through IAG, it remains to be seen whether passengers will suffer in terms of future price competition with such a dominant position in the Spanish market and this is what happens sometimes isn't it you get uh, a very dominant position and they can charge what they like for the fares Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there Mm. definitely it's um, Air Europa will no Um, no I don't think I ever have had the pleasure of Air Europa right Right. On the subject of pleasure, and I'm a little bit nervous, obviously, Armando, uh, who I think is taking the next story, uh, a little bit nervous that we're going to slip into the worlds of uh, of sort of scat airlines again. As we, oh, as, oh, don't as start we that. Sierra Hotel <laughs> India Tango again. Oh. Right. I was a bit nervous then because Nev, Nev was about to take a, a, a gulp of water from his from his tankard when, when he said Actually, that. Actually, the ne- next story for you, Armando, is, uh, is fairly uh, interesting because it um, concerns... Well, not really safety issues, but I think, you know, cosmetic issues. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. this was well, this was an interesting one. It's uh, from TravelAndLeisure.com. And at uh, SpiceJet, a domestic airline in India, is apologizing to customers after a passenger snapped and tweeted a photo of a cracked window seemingly fixed with clear packing tape. Uh, what? A, Loving that. The passenger <laughs> sat down in his window seat on a flight from Mumbai to Delhi this week and saw the window was cracked and covered with cello tape. Then he tweeted at the airline asking, isn't this a major safety concern? Is anyone listening? The airline responded to the tweet writing, hello, at SpiceJet, uh, safety <laughs> is our utmost concern and at no, no point does the airline <laughs> compromise on the same. We shall surely convey this to the concerned head for necessary action. The inconvenience caused is regretted. Uh, Passive voice grammar. Uh, Let's see. The the passenger followed up with the observation that uh, if there is sellotape pasted, it means someone has seen it and is aware of the situation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is true, yes. (laughs) It is true, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, SpiceJet did reply back. Uh, once again, assuring customers that though it looks jarring, the plane was never in danger. The purpose of the inner pane is to protect the window from scratches. The inner pane doesn't carry structural pressurization loads. Please be assured that at no point in time was safety compromised. Uh, adding that the window was repaired the same day. If by a very slim chance the plane's window had cracked midair, things would have gone south very quickly for passengers. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, the independent explained that 10, 000, above 10,000 feet, the plane would depressurize and there would be an immediate drop in oxygen. I think for all of us uh, listening to the show or 
we'd probably know that it would be a significant emotional event if the window cracked. Mm. But uh, yeah, so I can't tell from the from the picture if it is the inner pane or the outer pane. I can't imagine that any aircraft engineer would put tape on the outer pane. So I tend to agree with. Uh, yeah, with the with the airline statement. That, I mean, as, uh, uh, speaking as a ridiculously nervous passenger, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm famous for being a nervous passenger. I have to say, I don't think that would fill me with the greatest of confidence. No, I think yeah, that I'd probably want to <laughs> change flights. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Or at least change seats. I, I mean, I, see now, see, yeah. like, this is where say Armando. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Nev, l l l I'm going to ask Nev this question because obviously, uh, you've done a lot of flying as well. I mean, if you saw a crack in a window like that, now, admittedly, you're more perhaps more experienced than the rest of us because you might know enough to know that actually if it's only the inner pane it doesn't really matter it's only the outer one that is structural but if you got say, say you you rocked up at london city and you were then going to get on a on a 320 or something like that to to go off to i don't know wherever you fly off to um where would what i mean how would you feel about about seeing that well, if we're going off on an A320 from London City, we're going by road. Oh, OK. <laughs> Runways. <laughs> All right. <laughs> OK. Or by water, should I say, because of where it is. Yes. Okay. Um, but uh, that, so oh. that's a moot point, a moot point. Right. Um, okay. That's also I, a blooper. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Honestly, I, it, it wouldn't bother me that much. Uh, in fact, it wouldn't bother me at all, really, because if I could see that it was uh, an inside uh, pain, uh, I, it's not really a problem for me at all, honestly. <laughs> no, it doesn't really happen in 1A, does it? Uh, well, uh, no. Never ha no. <laughs> no, no, never happens. Well, if it does, you certainly wouldn't see it. <laughs> it would be a higher calibre of tape. Of course, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be gaffer Masking tape at least. Tape. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you remember yeah. earlier this year, we did a story how somebody was uh, doing research as to replacing the aircraft windows with television screens. Oh, yes. So mm. It would be kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. If yeah, you no, sit at your seat and your television screen is broken where the window should be, that would be scary. Yeah. It would, yes. No, it's a complete... You know, I've had, I've had windshield cracks in the front end and even so you know that there's either seven or nine panes there's layers of glass up there and it usually is one of the heating elements has failed and just the temperature differences between 25,000 or 30,000 and and wherever you're landing and uh you know like I know in my head that that window is going to be fine but when you're sitting there watching it crack and the crack gets wider and wider and wider and longer and longer like i still i, I had this happen on, on one of the air force airplanes and uh i still sort of put my shades on and lowered my seat <laughs> a little bit <laughs> you know and i was looking at the guy in the left seat and i'm like i know it's probably gonna be fine it's gonna be fine right it's gonna be fine tell me it's gonna be fine <laughs> so we just went down to a uh you know below ten thousand feet and, and depressurized the airplane it was a complete non-issue but uh, yeah, you know, even when you know it's going to be fine, sometimes you just look at it and you're like, Meh. yeah. I don't think I remember seeing on YouTube probably would be three or four years ago. There was a, a little clip about uh, one of those sheet the panes of glass with those heating elements uh, failing, and it basically see like an electrical charge mm -hmm. moving through the glass. <gasps> yeah, as, as it as it fractures. Oh, yeah, yeah it, it is because it's it's all charged, and you get yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And and like I said, you you. No, it's going to be fine, but it's still pretty crazy to watch mm. it crack. Mm. So yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be thrilled. So 
<laughs> I certainly wouldn't be thrilled to, <laughs> to see that. Anyway, uh, we should move on before I make another gaffe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God, the blooper reel's going to be stacked this year. Um, so the next uh, story is on msn.com. And uh, you might have heard about this one yeah, this, this week. Yeah, this is a bit of a, well, bit of a whoops moment, bit really. Of a, bit of a whoops yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Now, hang on. It was a 7500, is that correct? Squawk code? It was, yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Which is is one of the worst ones to kind yeah, yeah, of yeah yeah, yeah. Um, actually just funny enough before we start one of the th- things the very important things that I was always taught when because only I think one of two of the aircraft at the flight school where I learned to fly had had actual transponders in and my instructor right. was always say just be careful when you're obviously turning or entering in that code right okay. but anyway this yes. one is uh, or the headline is airline apologizes after false hijack alarm causes dozens of flight delays so a european airline apologized this week after a hijacking protocol was triggered but turned out to be a false alarm pilots on an air europa flight obviously excited mm. after um you know having iag by them um, uh, a Spanish-based airline accidentally right. enlisted their hijacking notice as the flight was getting ready to take off from Amsterdam Schiphol Airport and head to Madrid, according to Bloomberg. As a result, the flight was delayed for more than three hours. Air Europa confirmed the alarm was accidentally triggered Wednesday, apologising and reassuring everyone was safe. According to Bloomberg, the Dutch newspaper De Telegraph reported that a pilot noticed the alarm button was accidentally pressed while showing an intern the transponder codes on the Airbus A330-200. Oops. Officials then determined there was no hijacking after the boarding the aircraft, Flight 1094. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> False alarm the, uh, in the flight Amsterdam Madrid this afternoon was activated by mistake they said uh, that warning triggers protocols on hijackings at the airport Air Europa tweeted on Wednesday nothing happened all the passengers were safe and sound waiting to fly soon they apologized uh, around uh, 7.50 local time on Wednesday, Schiphol Airport first shared on social media that the Royal Netherlands something or other, long word there, right was there. investigating <laughs> the situation on board an aircraft. Just under an hour later, the airport confirmed on Twitter that everyone was safely on board or off, uh, off board and the investigation was ongoing. Uh, this is not the first time a pilot has accidentally sent out a hijacking alert. In February 2018, pilots on a Lufthansa flight accidentally triggered a hijack alert as the plane was landing in Frankfurt because of a technical problem in the cockpit. And in June 2018, the JetBlue pilots about to take off from uh, New York's Kennedy Airport did the same after a radio glitch caused the aircraft to send out a false alert. Ah, oh, dear, silly. Uh, Armando, I'm guessing you've never... Um, typed in uh, uh, double seven you know seven double seven double zero or double or double seven five zero yeah no just like you i think that's a uh, pretty early on in your flight training mm. they tell you hey when you're when you're putting in your transponder codes make sure you don't touch any or you don't uh, go by any of these three different combinations <laughs> um and and yeah you know just like we do as aviation enthusiasts where you can set up a, an alert on flight aware or ADSB exchange or any of those things where something pops up with either an emergency code or a no radio code or, or worse then uh, there are protocols that go into place, you know, and, and you don't know if it's real, if it's not real, but, but the transport authorities will take, every one of those signals as if it is a real signal. So I can only imagine 
that an airliner going into uh, Amsterdam, squawking that, or even just sitting on the ground would, would uh, raise some, some alarms and probably cause some delays as the, uh, you know, the authorities respond to it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, bad form, bad form on the part of that training captain or captain or whoever it was. I mean, obviously, this I, I presume this has you know sort of long-reaching implications. Something like this. I mean, because e- even if it was immediately cancelled, I mean, presumably, oh, it, it they have to assume alarm that, bells everywhere. that um, it, you know, even if it had been cancelled, that it was real until somebody's physically investigated the aircraft. I mean, I assume, um, you know, because it could be a hijacker that's cancelling it. If you see what I mean. Yeah, and you know, Tony S asks a good question in the chat chat room: Is the squawk codes? supposed to be an industry secret no they're not there i mean you can google it it's in all of your training manuals it's on printed on kneeboards it's not a secret by any means but um you know it is it's hard to implement a technique worldwide and to do so you know you're not going to be able to keep it secret like that but uh but at least it helps, right? So there are other squat codes. So 7600, for example, is I don't have radios. Well, that's not supposed to be a secret by any means. And it just means, hey, I'm, I'm able to tell the air traffic control agency that I have no radios. And if you're on instrument uh, flight plan, then there are certain procedures that you can go, basically go where they're expecting you to go at the times that they're expecting you to be there even without a radio and by seeing that squawk code, they can tell that, okay, well, he may be able to listen to me, but he can't speak or something like that. I had a, uh, a situation in my, in my Lancer where the radio was terrible. Well, the radio was fine, but the antenna was terrible. And often I would be up at 13, 14,000 feet and ATC couldn't hear me, but I could hear them. So they would just, sort of broadcast in the blind to me and then tell me, hey, if you can hear us, acknowledge me through the transponder by hitting your ident button, uh, which makes me flash on their screen. So if he gives me a an instruction and he sees my transponder code flash on his screen, well, at least he knows that that I, I heard him. You can him. hear him, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's more than just the three codes. You can use transponders for all kinds of different things. and. The guys over at Opposing Bases could probably do a whole episode on this. But, uh, yeah, you know, the transponder is uh, it's a very useful tool. But So, so Nev, obviously, I mean, you, you've been to uh, Schiphol quite a lot, actually, haven't you? And uh, this is a very, very busy airport, isn't it? Yeah, it's very, very hectic because it's got so many runways. Um, so if something does kick off like this it's obviously a big deal yeah. and uh, i think that um i mean it was handled pretty well in the end i, I think <laughs> they, they managed to uh calm everybody down and you know it was it was dealt with pretty well but yeah th- these things can happen of course it's, it's going to happen at a major international airport, of course that's, yeah. a, that's a very big deal isn't yeah. it yeah I mean, if it happened at Norwich, I don't think anybody would even notice. I mean, it's just... Yeah, like... The plane spot, would love it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it means there's a plane there. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. That's a, rare, that's a rare thing. So, uh, moving swiftly on to the that's next story. 
And uh, Matt, this one for you. I think this is quite a nice story. Yes, absolutely. So we're sticking with low cost, obviously, because I seem to only get low cost stories. This is on a website, another one that we've never heard of before, Carlos. You are excelling yourself this week. I know. Webwire.com. And the headline is EasyJet hosts first brownie meeting on a plane to help inspire the next generation of women pilots, which is really cool. That is good. So uh, brownies from Bedfordshire are the first ever girl guiding group to hold their meeting on a plane. EasyJet, Europe's leading airline and girl guiding the leading charity for girls and young women in the uk have celebrated hosting the first ever brownie meeting on a plane so third pot and brownies from bedfordshire joined an all-female team of 14 easyjet pilots at the airline's headquarters at london luton airport the 22 girls aged between 7 and 10 were treated to a tour of an airbus a320 neo aircraft followed uh, followed the pilots as they demonstrated their pre-flight checks of the plane and even got a view from the pilot's seat as the controls uh, at the controls in the flight deck and the girls were then quizzed then quizzed the pilots uh, on what life is really like as a captain and a first officer uh, EasyJet and Girl Guiding joined forces in 2018 uh, with the airline sponsoring the aviation badge for brownies the badge launched last year as part of Girl Guiding's biggest ever overhaul of badges and activities to equip girls with skills and knowledge that they can use now and in the future so far uh, over 18,000 girls have completed the aviation badge or are working towards it. To earn the badge, girls are challenged to think of 40 things that fly and put their engineering skills to the test, creating their own aircraft experiments with different building materials, structures and launch techniques. At the end of their visit, Brownies Alice, uh, Elifia and Zara were presented with their aviation badges on board. Uh, earlier this year, Girl Guiding launched Future Girl in its manifesto for girl-led change future girls sets out the future girls want in five topics based on views of 76,000 girls and young women aged between 4 and 25 as part of the barrier breakers topic so it's, very, it's really yeah, good yeah, it's so that's, good that's a nice thing well, well done like easyjet to, to, yeah. to do that i mean I, I part of me is a bit disappointed they didn't get a flight it would have been packed quite <laughs> nice if yeah. I suppose you'd need passports and parents and goodness knows what else. Uh, all Obviously, Will, Will you're, well. you're a parent. I am. Are you uh, kind of. I still find you know, that concept sure terrifying. Making sure the, <laughs> are you making sure you're... <laughs> no, no, it's, it's worrying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They allowed me to reproduce. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are you going to try and push the, uh, you know, the aviation thing onto uh, the kids? I mean, both of them, we fly, we go on holiday once a year. They love it. They, the first year I took them on my own, I thought it was going to be a massive issue. Too small. They were three and four or something like that the first time. So that was quite daunting. But they love it. They're happy. Good. They know their way around Skippo Airport better than I do now. Oh, oh wow. Oh, fantastic. Okay. <laughs> they know where McDonald's and the playground well, that, is. And, so, and that's you know, all that matters, yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> and I know where the business lounge is, and I don't <laughs> care about anything else other than that. I was going to leave them at the playground and yeah. then go across to the business oh, lounge. So it's but, a man yeah. after Nev's heart. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> straight to the business lounge. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you've got to do. Yeah. It's, it's when they go after your credit card is when you've got oh, to worry. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Yes. No, they yeah. already yeah. know this one. Right. Okay. They know that Daddy's plastic money spends better than Moving his. Moving oh. before we get into more trouble. So, Nev, next. <laughs> the next story is a bit of a wow story for you. 
Yeah, we haven't heard about Wow Air for a while, have we? Um, and that's, well, for obvious reasons, because uh, it ceased operations uh, previously. And this is on the uh, travelandleisure.com website. Uh, and it says that only a few months after budget Icelandic airline Wow Air ceased operations, a former executive from the company is now starting his own. Uh, Anna Mar Magnusson, ex-vice president of operations for Wow Air, is now launching a brand new airline called Play, according to the Point Sky. Operations are scheduled to begin as early as next year, and the company already has two Airbus A321 aircraft, which will fly between the new company's hub at Keflavik Airport in Reykjavik, Iceland, to uh, six <coughs> excuse me, destinations in Europe. Flights to North America are planned to begin in late 2020. Uh, according to the Play website, the airline, much like the former Wow Air, will be a low-cost carrier. Uh, tickets will go on sale later in November for flights beginning in 2020. It's unclear whether the new airline will also feature a more a la carte style of pricing and perks that Wow Air offered. The airline intends to eventually expand its fleet to 10 aircraft within three years. And to entice travellers, the company will be giving out 1,000 free tickets to some of its first passengers uh, once bookings go live. Uh, the site has a link to sign up for updates, including when sales begin and for a chance to win a free ticket. And if any flight attendants in Iceland are looking, the new carrier is also currently hiring. Uh, wow Air was a go-to for travellers looking for a bare bones flight to Iceland and other countries in Europe. But after its collapse in uh, March 2019, leaving hundreds of passengers and even some of its planes stranded, it seemed unlikely that the airline would make a comeback. Recently, the defunct airline announced that it will indeed continue operations in the future, but only as cargo flights. Um, goes on a bit, but um, it's quite interesting to see that uh, it's it's possible to, to resurrect um, a, a previous uh, model. Peter, isn't to see if this actually so, does work. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Do, um, do you think maybe the uh, the... Was he, he was the the vice president maybe had yeah. a slightly different view than the president in relation to the direction and, and maybe this is a, a way of them to be able to, to move forward um, maybe as a slightly rebadged version of a wow but just under a different name mm, could be and of course obviously where they're based it's nicely well not quite halfway is it but it's you know nicely based in Reykjavik between the US and um, European cities so it can serve both from there um, so uh, yeah and i hope it's successful because i think they do need um another airline to compete with uh, iceland there so. oh yeah agreed yep micah puts in the chat room that uh, if the old wow air was going to do things differently and turn things upside down they should have named themselves mum oh, <laughs> oh micah oh Gotta leave it to Micah. That, that, uh, more, more importantly, uh, Carlos, shame on you for reading that out. That, it did just, it's uh, Micah. You have to read. I could have just sat in the that. chat room and merrily amused everyone, but no, no. Uh, uh, we're going to have to get a soundboard where I we know. can do. Ba-boom. We should do. We should yeah, do. Absolutely. Right. Uh, so the next story is uh, on foxnews.com, and uh, the headline is Chinese airline bans pilot from flying for life. You're not uh, nicking oh. Armando. Oh, Armando, yeah. sorry. That's why I'm, I'm... How rude. I know, I'm always mesmerized by the accent, so I was <laughs> hanging on his every word. Bless. Bless. Then in that case, my dear man, you need to get out more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
No, yeah. So a Chinese pilot has been flying, uh, banned from, from flying for oh, life after this. he allowed yeah. a Bit passenger into the cockpit, violating air safety regulations. The Air Gillen pilot, uh, whose name was not shared, took a photo showing a female passenger posing in the cockpit next to cups that had been laid out. The airline did not confirm whether the photo was taken during the flight, but analysts reportedly suggest that it was. Uh, judging by the blurred out flight instruments, I would say somebody took a, yeah, somebody didn't want to show that this aircraft was in flight. Mm -hmm. uh, it was taken uh, on January 4th on a flight from Gilin to Yangzhou, although it did not go viral until this week. The airline reportedly was not aware of the photo until screenshots were shared widely on popular Chinese social media site Weibo over the weekend. The woman who is also not named is rumored to be a flight attendant in training at a university. Uh, it is not known why the pilot let the woman into the cockpit, but his actions violated regulations by allowing irrelevant personnel into the secure area. I've got a rough uh, idea, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, wow. Let's see. Yeah. Passenger safety. I feel like the, this is just a canned statement from uh, from any airline, but yeah. passenger safety is always our yes. responsibility. We yeah. take a zero-tolerance zero approach to uh, any inappropriate and unprofessional behavior that might risk aviation safety. It's, it's essentially carriers. exactly the same statement from the uh, spice jet story earlier, isn't it? It was just yeah. like no Some different spice, to the yeah. Crack. yeah. It's uh, I mean so, I, I don't know. I mean if if they're um, you know I mean they're saying that it's your like you know cabin crew in training and all that kind of thing. That's fair enough. But I mean the rules are there for a reason, aren't they? I mean mm. and it's certainly from uh, f copies of that photograph I'd found. Um, you know, like sort of that weren't in this particular news article that were on Twitter and things like that. It certainly looked to me like the aircraft was in flight and wasn't on the ground. Um, do you do you remember the days, Will, when you were allowed into the flight deck? Yeah, like pre nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, back in the day, that was even now. I mean, you've got on a lot of the planes, they have special gates that come down so the pilots can come out to go for a wee and all sorts. But mm. I mean. Even looking at the picture here, you can see that if it was that dark outside, it's yeah. not going to be sitting on a runway. No, 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 because it would be it, there, there'd be lights or there'd be an orange glow behind. Or yeah, something they're like normally that. Yeah, lit absolutely. up like Blackpool illumination, yeah, aren't they? So absolutely, it's it's a it's a very suspicious photograph. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Perhaps I'm being a little bit unkind, but I, I'm kind of. I feel more comfortable that this plan of action has been taken. I'm sorry, you know. I mean, if you are going to do something like that, then surely the first thing you you ensure is that there's some kind of embargo uh, to ensure that you know that photograph is only ever your personal property and not shared online or anything like that. If you, you know, I mean, it's it's just a bit of a surely it's a bit of a non-brainer. Well, yeah, because at can the end you, of the day, can you, you could ever really then, guarantee that. Yeah. No, no, I suppose not. And yeah, I, perhaps, perhaps this particular individual had been told exactly that. I don't know, but um, I'm sure she was told on January fourth. Well, yes. do, you, do you think she could have uploaded a, a photo accidentally? You know how sometimes with phones and how they use them so quickly these days, it was an oopsie daisy. Moment. Yeah, that's got me into a whole heap of trouble many Oops. a time. That has, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. <laughs> so uh, moving on to the next story. Um, this uh, one is on airlineratings.com. And we've all heard about passengers moaning about particular aircraft, saying that they think they're rubbish, like Matt 
dislikes the 757. Yeah, well, that's but, not an um, airline. It's a specific aircraft. I know, isn't but it? uh, well, this story is about uh, an airline CEO that uh, thinks that uh, the particular aircraft she has in her their fleet is is rubbish. So right. the headline on this story then: Air France CEO slams obsolete problem prone A380. Oh, so Air France has already announced it will phase out its 10 A380s by 2022. Mm. Rarely has an airline been un as unhappy with the Airbus giant as the French, who are in general talking about every air Airbus aircraft. CEO Anne Regal talked exclusively with airline ratings during the recent inaugural A350 flight from Paris to Toronto. And uh, she says that... Uh, she would not uh, say that the, it was a burden for the from the beginning. Uh, I don't know if anyone would have been able to forecast it at the time, but the A350 and the Dreamliner just made the A380 totally obsolete and too expensive and too big. Operationally, it has always been a very difficult aircraft. You need specific ramp equipment, you need to rebuild runways, taxiways, and you need to spe uh, have special boarding ramps. Uh, I say this because, as she says in here, she was working at uh, Charles de Gaulle Hub when the A380 arrived. Operationally, it has always been problematic uh, because you never, or you even need special training uh, for everyone on the ramp. Uh, she says here that I've never seen this before, and in comparison, it's so easy to train people to handle a 350, an A350, but when the A380 came to Air France in 2009, it replaced two aircraft types, so on the cost side, it wasn't so bad. Since the efficiency of the A350 uh, and the 787 is the same but with less capacity and more flexibility, you can put them on any route. So, of course, the A380 is no longer useful. And we have all kinds of problems with it, she says, related to the structure of the engines. And not only now with the aircraft uh, getting older, uh, it has always been difficult uh, with the A380. So it's safe to say she's not very impressed with the whole A380 thing. I mean, um, I, I mean, it seems to be a common complaint. Certainly, I mean, it's, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, several of us know cabin crew who work on the A380, and mm. none of them have nice things to say about the galley. And yes, they don't uh, do that. They, they I really did, don't. I heard that. Yes, yeah, they yeah. really don't. They don't have nice things to say no. about the galley. I mean, you, you've been on. Well, in fact, very recently you were yeah. with Emirates, wasn't it? It yeah. was uh, the triple seven and the A three eighty. Now, what what was your experience like? Bearing in mind they were more or less not quite back to back, but they were with well, the four hour gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, it was back as close to back. as it get. I mean, what out of the, between the the two? I mean, how do they compare? Um, I like the bar. Right, there's, there's, there's a shock. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big fan of the bar. The bar right. was good fun. No, I mean... How long have I known you? Long enough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a um, uh, <laughs> I don't mind the A380. I wasn't overly impressed with it, but that was more because I don't like... Emirates interior design options. Okay, we'll, 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 we'll come back to that uh, later on. Now, uh, Matt, you had your hand up there. What, what did you fly out yeah. on? I flew out on the aircraft that actually flew from New York to Sydney nonstop. Ah. So, yeah, the, the latest uh, seven eight seven nine hundred in the Qantas fleet, and oh, cool. uh, I got. I was down the actually the back end of the plane, speaking with the purser and a lot of the flight attendants, and Qantas are. Um, fly the A380 as everybody's aware and that they have their worldwide system or worldwide aircraft as a separate entity to their domestic and other aircraft. Um, so basically what they're saying, they said to me is that they have to be trained up on the A380, have to be trained up on the 787 
and obviously they don't fly the Airbus. But what they were saying to me is that in terms of usability of the galleys, for example, just as a minute point, that the, it's just it's not as good as the 787. Furthermore, in terms of the training and costs, you need twice as many um, people on board to serve the the, the, uh, the passengers as what you need on the 787 and even the A350. So, you know, realistically, yeah, it's just a simple case of, it, it's a great aircraft. It, if you look at what it took to build an, an A380, um, and it will, always, it will go down in history as, as an amazing aircraft, but unfortunately, it's just time and place. Mm. And, um, you know, they talk about engines. I mean, Qantas has had issues with the, uh, with the engines blowing up and a few other, other uh, companies as well. So it's just unfortunately just poor timing. Mm. And particularly moving forward, you know, the commonality element in the, uh, the twin aisle setup and basic number of seat component is going to be key to streamlining airlines uh, business models moving forward. So it's it's definitely come and had its day. And unfortunately for Airbus, uh, you know, the strike from the national carrier is, is almost a death knoll strike. Yeah. Well, in fact, actually, uh, sort of going back to the the story here, uh, in fact, actually, Al has sort of hinted uh, exactly that. That He says in the chat room, he says, well, one must ask the ultimate question, why on earth did they buy them? Uh, which is a good point. It's uh, it's one of those. I think there's going to be a lot it's of, one of those posh restaurants the around the world soon. Yeah, and and uh, and also again, Tony S is saying not very patri- patriotic from from Air <laughs> France. Um, yeah, it's uh, Michael had has a good point though. He says the A380 was designed for a time long before uh, a time before long distance direct service like we have now with the 787 and the A350. It was designed with the hub and spoke in mind, and yep. the hub and the hub it's... and spoke is not used as much as it once was. That's exactly right. I mean, you look at the time when the the concept of the of the uh, the double decker airliner. I mean, the seven four seven originally was designed as a double decker back in the sixties. But you know, the MD twelve I think was an example of that, which was supposed to be launched in uh, nineteen ninety two, and then Boeing further along when they was trying to make its mind up whether or not it was going to do that. It was basically I think everyone wanted to jump on board the new concept to say, hey, look, we've got the new airline, the latest. Um, element in in world travel and come fly with us so everyone bought up big because they wanted to be it was basically like back in the day of the 707 if you didn't have a 707 you know who were you as an airline well yeah true Um, so (laughs) it's um you know we can fly and i I agree with michael with his element there about the uh, hub and spoke these are new aircrafts particularly with their flight performance um ratios and getting off the ground and getting into small places and they're just making travel for the the traveling public much much better and easier because you can get into these places and they don't have the travel time and the transit time that they once had indeed that's why the future well yeah absolutely so it's so uh, moving on yes so moving on to the next story because we've fast run out of time so moving on to the next story matt are you feeling out feline okay oh see what you did there sorry sorry everyone go and have a lie down uh right so this is r the rt.com uh website and um any specific reason this story was chosen for me i don't know as you're the cat lover anyway uh good uh too fat to fly is that is that directed at me where where are we going with this uh cat owner tricks airline with feline body double after 10 kilogram pet denied boarding so a russian cat owner was forced to resort to spy movie style tricks when his beloved and well-fed pet was deemed too fat to go on board a plane the op involved a network of conspirators social media and an actual cat double uh 
so, so Mr. Galen uh, de- detailed the de- drama and sneaky but successful tactics in a Facebook post when he and Victor, that's the cat, uh, were safe and soundly on board. The inseparable human-feline duo was set to fly from Riga to Vladiskov. Uh, with a stopover in Moscow. Uh, the first leg of the trip was fairly uneventful, save for a bit of plane sickness on Victor's part, which left Galen covering his ears and wiping drool from the pet's face during the day. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, it was at uh, Moscow uh, Airport where... Uh, the uh, thing started to look a little bit bleak however Galen was unlucky enough to encounter the most responsible employee at the airport who insisted on weighing and checking his baggage with a tape measure and of course weighing Victor in the carrier bag the cat uh, which weighs 10 kilos turned out to be 2 kilos (laughs) overweight that is a big cat that's actually bigger than Alfie because Alfie is are you sure the cat wasn't stuffed with cocaine well well, who knows absolutely (laughs) anything's possible perhaps that's why they were suspicious yeah Yeah, yeah. perhaps that's why they were suspicious anyway uh, Galen was informed that he would not be permitted in the cabin unless the cat is stowed in the baggage compartment he's unlikely to be received well by any worried worried pet owner despite feeble attempts to explain that the scared the scaredy cat could not survive eight hours in the luggage compartment and even a threat that his terrible end would be the stuff of nightmares for the rest of your life airport staff just would not budge unwilling to subject victor to such horror galen returned his ticket skipped his flight and set the cunning plan in motion he used his air miles to book a business class flight for the next day and with the help of friends he managed to find a suitable cat double to pose as a more svelte looking (laughs) victor uh, ironically, well, in this case, called Phoebe back uh, in the airport the next day. Phoebe was presented to the airport staff and passed the weight test with flying colours before being quickly swapped with Victor and the two were on their way. Judging by the comments on Galen's Facebook post, most people are certainly on his side and not averse to a little rule-breaking when a beloved four-legged companion is involved. Now, my big question on this one is why on earth... Are you taking a cat on a plane? I can kind of understand dogs. Yeah, I, I, I think it's weird. I mean, but I can kind of understand. Sort of, it. I mean, it's not. It's certainly. I, I don't know. Perhaps Victor is a, a emotional an emotional support, support animal. Mm. Well, uh, that size, it <laughs> needs a lot of support. Well, so there is that. Absolutely, it's quite heavy. Uh, now, there's uh, always a perfect reason. Oh. Oh. <laughs> You're talking absolute uh, from- kibble. Oh, don't you start. From both the, sides of the Atlantic. Anyway. Uh, now, uh, Carlos, obviously, she... she this Nev's the king of puns. He should be ripping these eyes left, right and centre. He's being quite... Please. Yeah, he's very mean. Nev, anything? Nev, Nev? No, I can't think of anything uh, off the top of my head at all. Right. Oh, no! Yes! Oh, this is marvellous. Anyway, uh, now, I'll be honest with you, Victor looks very similar to a poppy cat, I know. He does look very similar, similar to poppy. To a, in fact, yeah. actually, now that I'm not um, now that I'm not reading the story, let, let's pop a couple of pictures up uh, on, on He's incredibly the, cute. And it, I, it, I very have, adorable. So th- this, him, yeah. this is the animal, the, the uh, emotional support character. Uh, in in question, I, I assume the champagne wasn't for Victor. Uh, perhaps that was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know. Uh, now, very good. Now, can you can you imagine putting Poppy Cat on a plane? Well, she sits in the van with me to go to the vets. Yeah, but not in a carrier. No, she sits on the seat. <laughs> but it, it's not about whether she'd sit on the plane. It's more but why she... on earth would you take a cat on a plane? I mean, if you were moving house or something like that, I could yeah, kind of get mm... that. But. 
But you know what? What? Uh, yeah, I yes. I, have I, you seen the list of things that people have taken on aircraft in the US? I mean, we're not I can barely take on here. a blooming bottle of water. Good point. Yeah, yep. but you can take a whole cat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is this is this is. Oh, I mean, perhaps the rules are different in Russia. I don't know. No. Well, I think <laughs> everything's different in Russia. <laughs> well, there is that indeed. And on that bombshell, uh, we'll move on to the next story. So, uh, Nev. Nev, if you're ready. Yeah, it's on the yourmoney.com website. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, this is about the uh, Thomas Cook uh, airport slots. They've been sold to EasyJet and to Jet2. Uh, failed holiday companies slots at Gatwick and Bristol have been sold to EasyJet. And slots at Birmingham, London, Stansted and Manchester have been sold to Jet2. The £36 million deal means that EasyJet will be able to operate more services from Gatwick and Bristol airports. The official receiver and special managers from KPMG UK have confirmed that airport slots at London Gatwick and Bristol Airport belonging to Thomas Cook have been sold and transferred to EasyJet for £36 million. EasyJet confirmed that it had bought 20 slot pairs at Gatwick Airport, which are 12 sl uh, summer slot pairs and 8 winter slot pairs, and 7 slot pairs at Bristol Airport, which consist of 6 summer slot pairs and 1 winter slot pair. It means that the budget airline will be able to operate more services out of both airports during peak summer and winter seasons. EasyJet said in a statement, contractual terms have concluded and the slots have been awarded to us, adding that the airline would provide further details in the airline's full year results announcement on the 19th of November. <clears throat> uh, the insolvency service uh, says that the outcome has been facilitated by the collaboration of the collaborative approach of Thomas Cook's commercial partners at UK airports and support of both internal and external slot coordinators. In ad addition to this, uh, Jet2.com has acquired Thomas Cook's UK slots at Manchester, Birmingham and London Stansted airports, although the sale price for these was not disclosed. Steve Heapy, who's the CEO of Jet2.com and Jet2 Holidays, said the acquisition of these key UK airport slots will play, play an important role in supporting our continued growth at Birmingham, Stansted and Manchester airports. We have been adding more flights and aircraft, resulting in increased capacity at each of these bases for many years. Today's announcement is the latest demonstration of our commitment to providing holiday makers with more choice and flexibility when it comes to flying to sun, city and ski destinations with our award-winning airline. Well, as you might know, uh, Thomas Cook went into administration on the 23rd of September 2019 uh, with winding up orders made against Thomas Cook Group PLC and associated companies. The court appointed the official receiver as the liquidator and KPMG to act as special managers to assist with the liquidation. It was announced last month that Hayes Travel will acquire the entire retail portfolio of 555 former Thomas Cook shops, providing re-employment opportunities for former employees of Thomas Cook's retail operations who were made redundant. I can confirm, in fact, actually, that the Thomas Cook shop in Yarmouth did indeed reopen this week. Did it? Oh, as as one of those. So, Excellent. yeah, no, I can, I can confirm. Nice. Yeah. That's good. It's a good. It's. I mean, it's. It's still an awful story, isn't it? But I mean, obviously, the slots. I mean, we knew. I think we mentioned a few weeks ago, didn't we? That we knew those slots were going to. Mm. You know, because that's right. We we discovered that they were actually essentially an asset that could be sold, weren't they? So presumably, mm, the yeah. receivers will will obtain that money to help pay um, outstanding bills and things, won't they? So. 
Yeah. So the last um, story for the commercial news segment this week, and uh, we haven't had one for a few weeks, so we've got a top 20 this have week. We? And uh, this top 20 for this week's show is, uh, we thought, beans we've got Will on the show. This is the world's best airline cabin crew. Easy. So we're going to see just how this compares. Now, now when they with, say uh, best... Oh, right. I think, okay. Okay. Well, it's well, not judged well, in the same way I judge service? it at all. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this uh, this okay. particular uh, kind of uh, top twenty focuses on the best airline cabin crew, recognising all round performance of cabin staff for hard service, techniques, efficiency, attention to detail, and soft service characteristics, i.e., staff enthusiasm, attitude, friendliness and hospitality right uh, okay. so we've got 20 of these to go through and at the end we're going to see just how they marry up with what your views are Indeed, will okay. so i'm sure we'll you've go, flown on well with, with matt and, and nevin and and well and you you've done your fair bit of flying and that i'm sure we'll, we'll have, a, Let's have a look so i'm going to go for something slightly different this week i hope you don't mind okay <laughs> in 20 <laughs> at number 20 it is BG Airways. In 19. Uh, uh, Emirates. <laughs> uh, 18. Nev. 18. AirAsia. Yeah. 17. Nev. Flyness. <laughs> 16. Carlos. Lufthansa. Uh, 15. Please, Will. Bangkok Airways. Very good. Uh, 14. Please, Matt Buntingframe. Asiana Airlines. Very good. Uh, what number are we up to? I forgot. 13. 13, 13. then, please, Armando. Oh, Nev's best. British Airways. Oh, well, well, at least it's in the top 20. That's the thing. Uh, number 12, <laughs> please, Carlos. Austrian Airlines. Uh, number 11, please, Nev. Philippine Airlines. Very good. Uh, Will, number 10, please. China Airlines. Oh, number 9, <laughs> Matt Buntingframe. Qatar Airways. Oh, or however you say it. Yes, Armando, number 8. We love our Asian Airlines. That's Japan Airlines. Very good. Carlos, number seven. Hainan Airlines. Uh, number six, please, Nev. Cathay Pacific Airways. And at number five, please, Will. EVA Air. Oh, EVA Air. EVA Air. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, oh, <laughs> uh, who, who's, who's next? We'll go with Matt Bunting Frame, number four. Thai Airways. Uh, number three, please, Armando. ANA, All Nippon Airways. Uh, number two, please, Nev. Garuda Indonesia. And Bully's special prize. At number one, the best airline cabin crew in the world for 2019, Singapore Airlines. Yes. Uh, US Airlines. Yeah. There we go. So, what is not even a mention? Well, no, indeed. That's a bit, a bit unfortunate, Will, isn't it? Yeah. where does this kind of sit with you then? Obviously... <laughs> well, I, I don't think BA should be on there in any Ooh. way, shape, or form. Nev, please come back uh, immediately with that. Well, at least they're on there, which makes a nice change. Because <laughs> yeah, I can't see so Will many, Airlines on there. Yeah, yeah. So many things that they've uh, not been on. Uh, yeah, no, I mean... Are <laughs> you trying to promote British, British business in light of Brexit? Oh, yeah, don't mention oh, that word. Oh, no, don't set me <laughs> off on that one. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. I, I, well, that's a new record, an hour and ten minutes in, and that's the first time Brexit So, so Will, are there any on there that you think are in, are in the wrong place? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I've never had good experiences with British Airways at all. Okay, yes, yeah, okay. No, we're, we're getting right. that. Well, moving we got on that. from moving British on. <laughs> Emirates, Emirates are good. 
Uh, I would have thought they'd Actually, been higher. A, I could say they're a lot yeah, lower than yeah, I thought they would. There's a lot yeah, of these ones great. that I've never even heard of, let alone mm. flown with. So, so Qatar, Qatar, whatever you want to call them. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, presumably, Matt, you've had more experience, perhaps, with these. I mean, do you think nine is is fair? Nine. Uh, yeah. Look, I, actually, I'm looking at that list, and I think it's more like a Eurovision list of airlines as opposed <laughs> to actual um, flight performance. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, part of me sort of thinking maybe because it seems to be a little bit more uh, <laughs> skewed to the uh, what, what, what's amused you. Captain Nick has put uh, something in the chat room. He just is he thinks. Can you read it yes. out? <laughs> he thinks this is a, this this uh, top twenty is a load of and there's a little Mr. emoji. Hankey. Is like there, a, Mr. Hanky? Yeah, is emoji. it right? Is it sort of a pile of steaming something or other? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Bravo, Sierra. Right, it did. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, absolutely. I mean, I have to say, these do look slightly sort of more skewed towards um, what I call the... the, the, the sort mid, of uh, the mid, Middle East, Eastern East, No, sort East, of, East, I should say East. Yeah, East, yeah, East and, yeah towards yeah, Eastern, the East. Which, yeah. uh, but then they are renowned as, as a, you know, in the, on the whole of being sort of quite polite and good at customer service. So perhaps yeah. that shouldn't be that much of a surprise. I mean, um, so, all right, then, let's go round the... How does Flyness get in there? Like, who... Who are they? Who's flying flyness to be able to say they're in the top 20? How perhaps, many routes do they fly? Perhaps. And it's like, come on. I mean, perhaps some of this is to do with who has the biggest checkbook. I mean, it's slightly suspicious. Uh, I mean, but... why aren't Ryanair on there? <laughs> right, okay. I don't I don't know where to begin to tell you what's wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay, let's go around the, let's go around the group then. So, uh, so for you then, Will, we'll start with you. Your who would be number one as far as you're concerned? At the minute, it's United. Re- what? Wow. United Airlines. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So remember a couple a couple of weeks ago we were talking about this and and there was a a bad story about United and I think it was an in-flight entertainment story and mm. I actually mm. thought United was one of the better ones. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Okay. Food's good. Cabin crew's yeah. good. They're kind. They're courteous. They're always smiling. Wow. Okay. Planes are clean. Planes are in- yeah, yeah. Exactly. Planes yeah. are clean. Okay. All right then. So, uh, I mean, Carlos, for you, I'm guessing Malta Air is that? Would that be your ultimate? No, uh, no, no. Air Malta. Oh, Air Thank Malta. You, oh my, yeah. my apologies. So, um, <laughs> same thing, right? Well, well, yeah. I would be biased and say Air Malta because yeah, okay. their crew are really, really good, really well mannered and polite. Yeah. But I have to say, all the times that I've flown with Emirates, their their cabin crew have been exceptionally exceptional. Okay. But but in Nev's defence, the the last two times that I've flown with BA, their uh, cabin crew have been really, really nice. And I, I have okay. been, you know, really quite pleasantly surprised. So, I mean, I, su- I suspect I know the answer to this one already, Nev. But, uh, I mean, obviously, who would you who would you put as uh, top of the list um, out of all of the out of all of the airlines? Well, it is a bit difficult. I mean, there, there's some quite serious omissions, I think, mm. uh, in, in well, the you'd, you'd expect Virgin Atlantic to be in true. There. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I would expect to see Scandinavian in there as well. Yeah, um, yeah. They've got very good on board on board service, uh, very good cabin crew. So yeah, um, I still think that the yeah Singapore I think is still acknowledged as, as one of the best. Yeah, uh, no, no question about okay. it. Okay. Uh, so uh, Armando, then we'll go we'll go with you next. Uh, where what uh, I mean, who would you say is is should be top of the list? Well, I think for me, what makes a difference is the the length of the segment. And although I fly a lot of domestic, you know, before I left the UK, I was crossing the Atlantic probably eight times a year. And I got it. My my nod goes to Virgin Atlantic. 
Okay. I always always had really good experiences with uh, with Virgin. So. Yeah. Okay. And then Matt, obviously, what, what who would you you put top of the list? Yeah, I think it's Jetstar. I, I, I'm not, Jetstar. Oh, jet, Jetstar. They're fantastic. <laughs> I could tell you some stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's for later. Tiger Air. Um, All right. Okay. Oh, not so much. No, no. I, I haven't flown a great. I've flown a lot of these airlines historically, so I don't think if I tried to categorize them on historical data 15 years old, it would be fair. But in, um, recently, I would be more United and Qantas, American, uh, and yeah, that, those would be my main airlines I've flown. So, um, in terms of consistency, I would say United have, I think they've, they've unfortunately on long haul have had a bad rap. Um, yeah, some of their flight attendants are quite old, but I think their service is very good. And I tend to judge their flight service based on how much free alcohol I get. So, um, <laughs> I, I also use a similar scheme. <laughs> yeah, you do well, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Based on my, my last experience, Qantas were absolutely amazing. Um, they looked after me beyond measure and also American. So to answer succinctly, given my, my latest experiences, I have to go with Qantas. Yes. And I, like, the cookies on the A380 are so nice. Right. Okay. They are good. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, I think it's fair White to say that the... Uh, uh, I think it's fair to say that the chat room has essentially, you know, f- fallen into filth. Um, yeah, <laughs> for yeah. want of a better word, family show. There's the ba- is- barely a single message in there that is safe for me to read out loud. I'm not going to lie. So that was uh, <laughs> that was the last uh, story in the commercial news segment for this week. And uh, obviously, we've got uh, we've got our guest Will in the studio with us uh, this evening. Uh, so, Will, welcome again onto Thank the you. show. Uh, thanks for coming into the studio to join us this evening. So, Quite Will, right. uh, Will, you, it's safe to say that your job um, means that you have to travel. A lot. Well, yeah, especially as I live in the UK, but my office is in Houston, Texas. Right. Oh, okay. wow. uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a commute. And yeah, a half. It, yeah. Yeah. It's a good ten-hour flight. But um, yeah, I do tradition. Well, with this new job, I spend a lot more time going back and forth to the states, to Panama, to the Bahamas. Um, I've just come back. I got back on Tuesday from Bangladesh for two weeks, which actually surprisingly really really nice place um over the years i've done a lot of west africa flights which and i i think with a lot of these airlines like with emirates i flew two flights this week the skipole to dubai the crew is a lot prettier a lot Mm. higher class right but then you go to the route when you're then flying from dubai into Bangladesh, and you, the, there is a difference in the cabin crew. There's a difference in the way they treat the planes and the way the passengers as well. And I think mm. that's where you get a lot of them. I mean, Air France. I've flown a couple of times where they've been really, really nice. But then you fly into West Africa on Air France, and the cabin crew just don't want to be there. Okay. So I think you it. Uh, there must be some sort of tier system within the airlines as to which ones they prefer and which cabin crew get which runs so on class wise obviously you've said uh, before we start the show you you've, you've you've sampled economy in many airlines and yeah. you're, you're now starting to kind of utilize the whole business class um you know you know package as such with the airlines but going back to economy class who would you say is the leader out there with for in economy you know for service food drinks seats I've always liked KLM because you mm. don't... It's nothing special. The food isn't that great, but it's consistent. 
the crew aren't the most friendly, but they're courteous. Everything is consistent. You get free booze. They come round. They're normally quite friendly to you. I started flying KLM more and more because if you work in oil and gas industry, you can apply for, they call it their petroleum card, which means you can use the business lounge at Schiphol and Charles de Gaulle for free. So regardless of your flying status, it was then worth having. And then over the years, I've bumped up and I'm gold working on platinum at the minute. So when you can have little bonuses like that, it makes you want to fly there. With us being, what are we, 30 minutes from Norwich Airport, mm. then mm. you're straight on to Schiphol. Yeah. And to me, I'd rather do that route than mess around going down yeah. to Gatwick or Heathrow because of it's the time it takes to get down there. Indeed. And, and Ev, you've got a few questions uh, for Will, haven't you? Yeah, I was just going to ask uh, Will, what, what do you think about the um, sort of what happens when things go wrong? You know, when you get to airline delays or planes gone tech or the captain hasn't turned up, one of these, something like that. It's always, it's how the airlines deal with these sort of situations, isn't it? And how they look after the passengers. Have you had any sort of, of those situations? I mean, I've been quite fortunate. I haven't had many... I haven't had many flights cancelled. I've, I've had <laughs> what? Well, actually, famously, my first time going to um, Togo was on your fortieth <coughs> birthday. Oh, <coughs> oh, and yeah, yeah. sore subject. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got a text message at eleven o'clock at night from KLM saying the uh, flight wouldn't be able to take off from Norwich because of oh, the wow. fog, and they booked me in a BA flight and got me down to uh, I think. Gatwick. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because you, you ended up leaving early, didn't you? Yeah. yeah to, to make it. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. I thought I'd I got a, a six o'clock flight out of Norwich and I'd yeah. got a six o'clock flight out of Gatwick. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. It's <laughs> quite a big difference in the time you have to get up for leaving for those. But yeah. KLM have always been good. I mean, historically, they lose my bag every third flight. Oh, right. Oh, wow. <laughs> but okay. I always pick flights where they're really short connections and okay. I know that I'm going to, I know that I'm going to lose my bag. Yeah. And it will take them two days to get there. Right. I've always got two days worth of stuff in my day bag. Right. So it's kind of what's the problem. They normally reimburse, you know, if I have to go out and buy toiletries mm. or buy spare pants or whatever, they reimburse yeah. you. They, someone taught me years ago that KLM are quite keen. You can spend up to 100 quid and just claim it back. Wow. So I, I had one year where I don't think I bought any toiletries because <laughs> <laughs> and phone chargers. I've got phone chargers coming, coming out, out of the yin yang. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I, I played this little video actually. This, so this is more what you do. Uh, it's co it's caused a, a little bit of amusement in the uh, uh, chat room. Um, uh, several inappropriate jokes about semen and all sorts going on in the chat. Oh, yeah. Uh, so so what is it that you actually do for a job? I know you can't sort of be too specific, but what is well, it you do for so a job? So basically... Why, why are you doing all these flights, essentially? Basically, what it is, we do... There's a lot of vessels that don't come into ports or can't come into ports because of their, their size. size yeah. And a lot of the... In the same way that um, it's not economic for Norwich to run, a, you know an A380 yes, full yeah. of people to go to Kathmandu because yeah. there's not that many people that want to do it yeah. they go into hubs our hubs are tankers offshore and uh, we'll go in we'll transfer the cargo from one boat to another wow. it'll then go and it'll be traded off or they'll go in and they'll fill it up and they'll go off go off to wherever they to wherever it's needed yeah. Okay. So we have to go in and oversee the equipment and actually how it's working. So RAS replenishment. Raz, at sea, that's what they called it. The Navy Raz? call it. We yeah, they, that's a Navy term. We yeah. we call it an STS or a lightering. Okay. So it's a ship to ship transfer. Right. Cool. 
Okay. Now, when the uh, Navy do it, they yeah. don't do it with any equipment between traditionally, and it's okay. a bit more how they refuel uh, jet fighters in okay. the air. Yeah, it's kind of like well, that. Nick's your man, yeah. man on that. He's asking also, are you a smuggler? By the way, <laughs> um, I, so I I have been um, held in airports for have you yeah oh um, <laughs> i didn't realize that you can't take currency out of mozambique well you can oh. but you can take the equivalent of like 10 quid 20 quid yeah okay. yeah and i took the equivalent of two grand oh, okay right yes they were uh, purely by accident <laughs> yeah, right, i would just okay. like to say in yeah. case <laughs> inland revenue you're listening yeah <clears throat> it was it was a perfectly valid mistake but right. yeah i did get uh, told off for that i can imagine yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so get, getting back to the aviation, obviously, there's uh, now. So more recently, obviously, you've had uh, experiences with um, uh, business class, business class, and stuff. So yep. uh, I mean, you and I were having a chat about uh, Emirates, weren't you? Because you, you you then had yeah. an experience uh, with them. Uh, it's um, I think it's sort of fair to say that uh, it's it's not your favourite interior. No, I I don't know why they're still going with the. It's not even faux walnut. It's really, really faux walnut, and it's. it's it reminds me of bowling ball. You know, they make those <laughs> funny coloured bowling balls. Yeah, right. yeah. But yeah. I, I just—it's kind of like someone who once saw what walnut grain should look like. Okay. Then described it to someone. Well, Stevie Wonder. And then right. Stevie Wonder <laughs> described it to someone else, and then signed okay. off. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I'm looking at that, and all I can see in my head is is my my vo my my um, rover that I had several years ago. I yeah, mean, it, it's, it's kind of how we used yeah. to do car like luxury cars, cars in the nineties yeah, and stuff like that. And, stuff, yeah. and it's, it, I don't know why they're still doing it, but then I, I, the Middle East is still kind of sticks to that old school. Well, I, I, you know, I suppose if it, if it works, uh, of course. I mean, some of these. Are, so was that was on the that's the triple seven there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was triple seven. Yeah, yeah. So it's. Um, I, I was going to sort of say basically, perhaps it's because the three eighty is sort of going to be coming out of service soon. Oh, but yeah. uh, but no, this is on this is on the triple seven. No, Nick, it, so. uh, um, uh, Nev. Uh, there's a few things in the uh, chat room, isn't there, for uh, for Will? Yes, there's uh, lots of questions uh, for you there, Will. Um, what's your f uh, Tony S asks? What's your favourite airport that you've been to? Ooh. Oh, good question. That is a very good question, actually. Um, see, I know it sounds weird, but I love Skiphole. I've spent huge chunks of my life in Skiphole. I've probably mm. spent, I've well, I've spent twenty hours there for this trip, or twenty, yeah, coming up on twenty. But and it's quite an easy airport to navigate. It's an easy airport it? to navigate. Good, good it's got everything. It's fairly clean. If you do have to, the a few times I've been transiting through it and I've been chucked out and had to come back in and it's easy to get round, it's easy to find where things are everyone's kind of friendly it's not unclean it's you've got bars and restaurants and stuff that you want and it's got a fabulous newly fitted out business lounge so on the flip side worst airport oh uh <laughs> um I was lucky enough to fly into uh, the Falklands air Airport 10, 11 years ago. That's pretty dire, but it is just a shed in the middle of nowhere. A bit like Norwich, then. Oh, no, no, no. It makes Norwich <laughs> look metropolitan. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <Goodness. laughs> um, the airport when I was in uh, Chittagong, that's pretty horrendous. And some of the West African ones are... But it tends to be... 
it's not necessarily the airport's fault. It's more the country that they're okay. in. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Captain Nick asks a very important question: uh, Where's your favourite bar in the world? Oh. And now, oh. see, this was a new one. I, so I, t- <laughs> I transited through Atlanta coming back from the Bahamas. As you do. And listen to it. <laughs> if you want to make it better, I got sent to the Bahamas for a week and a half, and I did two hours' work. And I had, right, anyway, yeah, right, okay, moving on. I had a beach to myself for <laughs> yeah, three days. Yeah, anyway, yeah. But, um, Nev's going to throw up. <laughs> I came back through Atlanta, and I went to the... It was United's. Mm. It was United's Lounge. Yeah. And that was a really nice bar. That was... Yeah. It's one of the nicer lounges. They were a bit stingy on their alcohol, but... Right, okay. Uh, uh, Pilot Pip, who you can always rely on for a a non-controversial question, is uh, who do you like better, Matt or Carlos? (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plead the fifth on this one. Right. The, the okay. <laughs> um, Very uh, diplomatic. Actually, well actually, Pip, Pip does ask a serious question. Oh, does he? What? Pip says, uh, if you use them, of course. Um, uh, best uh, airline app. Oh. Ah, uh, now I, I do use them. I like, I do like my KLM app because it tells me how many Dutch mm. cows I've taken around the world with me. What? Really? Yeah. So KLM, I can actually if I can find out my phone. The KLM app lets you work out how many air miles you've done on it, and it also tells you how much luggage you've taken. And one of the things that they compare it to is a Dutch cow. Is that based on the amount of methane that you've actually produced, or what? <laughs> uh, if it was measuring me on a plane, but it's a lot more than anyway, that. Anyway, uh, family show, ladies and gentlemen, family show. <clears throat> but you can actually, uh, if I go on my milestones... Yeah, so okay. it says, yeah, oh, I've taken... Go on then, just, just, just show that up to me. Which one's it? That well, one. There, there you go. Yeah, so it's got I, an actual picture of a cow, look. Yeah, <laughs> I've, take, I've taken two Dutch cows around the world with me. Oh, wow. Well, well done, you. How do you get those I, through security? Honestly? I know. Uh, have, you, have you named them? Oh, yeah, Doris and Mabel. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, we've got an- another question from uh, Lisboa Nelson in the chat room in Portugal. He says, uh, what is your non-American English favourite beer? Oh, non-American or English favourite beer. I was drinking a lot of the the one in Bangladesh is Hunt, which okay. is looks like Foster's. Nicely pronounced, by the way. Keep that. Yeah, up. I, I, I had to really <laughs> to slow my talking <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on yeah. my best behaviour. Yeah, well done. Yes. No, I'm very proud of you. Thank um, you. Yes. Yeah. No, so, <laughs> he, he and I, he and I were in in uh, uh, Aria drinking quite heavily uh, one late one night. This this is uh, he, he has stories that if he ever tells them, I'll kill him. I'm uh, sure you've got worse <laughs> on me. Actually, have you have you flown into Portugal? No, I've never been to Portugal oh, okay. at all. Ah, okay. okay. I've spent a lot of time in Spain, but yeah. But other than hey, that, hey. I like. Oh, I always drink the local beer. I don't. Mm. Wherever yeah. I go, I tend to ask whatever's local. Even if you're in the business lounge or whatever, it's always. Well, I'll drink whatever's whatever local. the local is. Uh, Armando, Armando, you were about to you were about to ask a question. Yeah, actually, it's uh, Nick's question from the chat room, okay. and I'm, I am genuinely interested. So you travel so much. Do you travel uh, scruffy or smart? As he asks, and <gasps> ah. have you noticed a difference if you do one or the other? Uh, right, I have got this now. For me, if you fly, you should always be smart. Whether the, you don't have to be suited and booted, but in generations gone by, sort of people like smart, you, casual, that sort of thing. Yeah, so like a shirt and jeans. Or yeah, something. yeah, sort of smart. But you go back 
20, 30 oh, odd yeah. years, people would go out and buy a new suit mm, yeah, to get suit, on the plane suit, with. Yeah, yeah, literally. And if you fly, if you, if I can see your toes yeah. when you're walking on an airplane, yeah. I want to hurt you. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. Wow, okay. It's, yeah. it's, if your toes are exposed, no, you shouldn't no. be wearing leggings, no, right, jogging no, bottoms. Right, okay. If you've got those muscle I mean, tees, are, no. Are these things perhaps that you would tend to only see on what I like to refer to as, uh, let, let's call them the low-cost alternative? I mean, you know, the stag do's and things like that. I mean, mm, it's... To be honest, they're not as bad as it tends to be uh, in America. Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of people going casual. I, is that because though? I mean, again, also in the states, uh, and Armando, correct me if I'm wrong, but obviously it's much more commonplace to fly domestically uh, yeah. in in the US, obviously because the country is so vast. I mean, it's yeah. Well, they. I mean, they're using airports like we would use train station or bus stations yeah, because it, it, yeah. you, it's easier to get around is, with is an that, airline. Is that why they perhaps got a little bit more let sort of you know, sort yeah. of lapse perhaps is because essentially it's no different to them jumping in a on a train or taxi or Yeah, I mean you guys are probably all correct. I, I'm with Will on this one. I grew up Sunday best for flying, you know, uh you know, we, we used to dress up when I was a kid to to go fly and I've sort of tried to maintain that. I you know, even flying regularly through the US, I'm uh disappointed in, in <laughs> the way some some people travel you know and it looks like they just rolled out of bed or... uh, uh, great uh, as as we can always rely on pilot pit for an update of his current attire uh, he says uh, pip says i always wear sandals leggings and a tight fit muscle t-shirt uh, i guess me and will won't tra be travel buds no but I'm, I'm curious to see that no you're not trust me no you're not yeah, you <laughs> no, 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 no. as long as, as pip doesn't travel with a fanny Bag. Uh, okay, yeah. indeed, yes, yeah. But I just bump, can't bump bag. yeah, no, bump I, bag. I, I spend a lot of time <laughs> with Americans. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, okay especially yeah. for Captain Nick, have you ever travelled to Lagos? Yes. And your thoughts? I don't mind it. Okay. It's, uh, but then I spent a lot of time in West Africa, so for me, West Africa is quite good fun. I've had some amazing nights out. I've mm -hmm. witnessed some things that will probably get this taken off the air. Um, I have seen some pretty horrific things, and most of them have been in Nigeria. But mm. Lagos Airport's not too bad. They've got an all right business lounge. But yeah. it's just... It's the poverty. It's the everyone rushing the cars when you're going in them. I was the first time I went out there I was told I'd be given an armed escort which involved a I think he was probably about 14 year old sat in the seat next to me with an AK47 and he sat with his finger on the, and I, I swear to god sat with his finger on the trigger the whole time the whole way and their roads are like little <laughs> dirt tracks their, their their version of the M25 has more potholes than wow. my, my parents driveway mm. and it's just you, I'd feel safer. Well, I didn't have him in the end. I told him to like, yeah, go away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, just, just, just slightly, slightly off topic here. Um, so, Tony S is saying, if I, if I'm allowed to ask a non-aviation question, given that we're talking about security, have you ever experienced piracy on your travels around the world? I haven't. No, I've managed ships and I've had issues with pirates okay. on ships. The company I used to work with. We lost contact with a vessel for seven days. It was wow. taken. Um, a lot of the time they take them, they just want... They, they just want the cargo and then... Well, no, it's it. not even that. They, they don't know what to do. 
these are guys that, especially in West Africa, they don't really know how to captain a vessel or how to mm. crew it. They don't know what to do with a huge tanker full of crude oil. Uh. So all they want is to take it over and then you to give them some money to leave it alone. Right, okay. It is a it is a big thing. It is a concern in my bet, industry, yeah. but I've never personally sort of experienced touch it. wood. Touch wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good luck next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. So there, there is. Um, yeah, I was, <laughs> this is a, Captain now saying, "I reminds me of my visit to Yemen." Uh, <laughs> uh, Nick is not convinced. Are you sure you meant Lagos? Uh, yeah, <laughs> with your choice of. Uh, so going back to business class, Will. Yes. Right, over all the airlines that you've now started your flight, having the business class experience in, looking at seating, amenities, you know, in flight entertainment, yep. and stuff. Who who is who is the best in your view? So as an all-round uh, package, United. Mm. Just purely because that was, I flew them recently. Everything was a hundred percent perfect. That what I quite liked is the number of flight attendants, two people in business class. Okay. So on the A three eighty, there was like, well, the whole of the upper deck was business class, but there was only seven or eight. Well, who was that with? What that was Emirates. That? Emirates. Okay. And so you just, it didn't feel as special as an experience. Mm. With United, there was only, I, there wasn't twenty of us in business class. It was a little bit more one on one. There was a little bit more. You, the the hostess knew what your name was. She wasn't looking at a pad or anything like that. She came up to me as soon as I sat down in the chair. Good evening, Mister Hayes. How can I help? You know, would you like a glass of this? And it's just a little bit more. Yeah. There's there's an awful on. lot of people in the chat room who cannot believe that you've listed United as as your your favourite. Now we did have a chat about Delta actually, didn't we? You you, you quite like their their uh, business class product as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just. I, I think they're all a bit of a muchness, and they're yeah. all a bit. Mm, I don't know. I I like KLM. If, yeah. If I have a choice to fly with any airline, it's mm -hmm. KLM, just because I know what I'm going to get. Yeah. I haven't flown business class with KLM in quite some time. Have you ever had first class experiences on any airline? No, and not to yet. be quite honest, I'm not really that fussed by it. All. No. I for what the difference in the tickets, I don't. I would, if it's it was my money, more, it? even yeah, if I yeah. won the lottery, yeah. which I plan yeah. on doing this evening. Uh, of course, absolutely. I don't think I could ever justify paying that extra money. No, no. Just a bit of business class is, is, is the way forward, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, yeah, if yeah. your seat goes flat and you yeah. can seat goes up, seat goes down, seat goes up, that keeps me amused for about an hour. Right. <laughs> just, just, a good massage right. facility. Right, that's, okay. You know, yes, that's uh, always good. Okay. And Emirates coming back uh, into Skipole on Monday or Tuesday whenever mm. it was they kept the vodka and orange juice going quite well right so. okay well that, that's half mm. the thing now obviously uh, Matt uh, so we, we, we'll, we'll move uh, uh, move across the across pond. the ponds now across the so uh, <laughs> now you've, you've been doing a reasonable amount of flying as well recently obviously you were saying that yeah. um, was it you say it was uh, Qatar that you came out to Qatar Qantas. Qantas, my Qantas. apologies. Yes, Queensland and Northern Territory Air Service. Okay, Qantas. and we... Uh, oh, I said, oh, there we go. Uh, uh, who yeah, who, yeah. who, who were you... Um, uh, were you were you in economy or were you... Um, were you slow? Yes, given the uh, the short... Given oh, how I was able to fund my ticket... Okay. Um, and I was... Uh, I must say the universe has been very kind to me and my friends. Yeah. Um, and everyone around the world aided me to get here on my family business, which is quite... Um, yep. 
meaningful. Um, I, I had to take what I could get at the best price. And uh, so to answer your question succinctly, I flew, Quant- I flew Qantas's economy product. They're, yep. they're new Recaro seat in economy. They also have a Recaro seat in, in economy plus and they use the Thompson seats in business and first. Um, it was uh, economy seats, I think, on the 787 are too narrow. Um, if you had two people with broad shoulders next to each other, someone's going to come out with a sore pelvis yeah. at the other end of the uh, the trip. Um, so I think they could probably do a little bit wider there. Apart from that, the in-flight entertainment system was really good. Um, the pixelation in the screens these days versus even two years ago on, on like an A350 or even the, the, set, the United 787s um, has come a long way. So mm. I wear glasses and, and I thought I was just looking at someone right next to I'm not saying that I, I see better with them or not, but it was definitely much clearer. Um, the service on board, they were aware of my circumstances. Uh, so the, the service on board was was great. There's nothing much they couldn't put me up in business or first because the flight further forward from where I was sitting was uh, fully booked, but they certainly made up for it in service. Um, and I can't speak highly enough of that particular crew um, in, in that 14 hour flight. We left, um, we left Melbourne. So I'll give you a, a quick synopsis of the timeline. I had a, a message from my family at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and I literally left work. And so I'd missed the flights from Melbourne to Los Angeles that leave around 10, 30, in the morning and get you in at 6.30 in the morning to LA and, and San Fran. But um, I, in the space of four hours, I was able to book a ticket, do my insurance, book a car, get accommodation, uh, post 42 fuel bladders, and I was on my way to the airport and I caught the 10.30 flight out. Now, why, why I'm going on about this is because it's a point of difference. Um, historically, a lot of people fly out of Australia to the States in the morning and you get there in the morning and then that's okay if you're going to the West Coast, but then that really does suck if you're going to the East Coast because it means that you get on the early flights out and you get into the East Coast in the evening. So you've essentially wasted a day in the air. And if for someone who's in business or is, is um, needs to be there feeling fresh or fresher, it's a really bad uh, time line. But Qantas offering the, the latest service at 10.30 at night gets you into San Francisco at around 6.30 in the evening, which means you can still catch the red eye across um, into the East Coast or wherever it may be, and arrive for a morning. But now the, the beauty of it is you're flying through the night constantly. So you've got 19 hours of darkness upon which you can set yourself up to arrive fresh. Right. Um, and it's 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 a different. You, you, I can honestly speaking speaking from economy seat, it's it, you come out the bet the other side in a much better condition than if you were at a at a 10:30 in the morning flight. So um, that was really good. Now, as I mentioned before, the, the plane I was on was the, the, the plane that did the flight from uh, New York to Sydney in 19 hours, 16 minutes. Um, and, you know, it still had the, the new leather smell because only less than city asses have sat in my seat. <laughs> and I, I do believe that, you know, seats do need time to be worn in. So they were a little bit firm, but that's, right. I'm not complaining. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a really, really good experience. I flew American across. Um, the states, and you know, they they kept me topped up with three vodka, which was lovely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so American were great. 
uh, I can't I can't uh, falter them at all. So just just out of interest here, as I say, Mike is just asking in the chat room here. Did you find any difference with the cabin pressure and humidity on the seven eight seven? Very good question, Micah. I can compare. Uh, this, I did find that obviously coming at the other end in comparison to a, say a seven four four hundred, which is a completely different era of aircraft. Um, much like fighter jets, be like com comparing a, a Gen four versus a Gen five. Um, it, it's much better, uh, but then you compare the 787 to the A350, and there's a di there's a different proposition again. Yeah. Um, I personally, and I'm I'm normally historically a Boeing man, and I know Nick will uh, Captain Nick will probably be spewing when I say that or coughing up his whiskey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is a wider the A350 is a wider cabin, and you do notice a difference. Um, and the engines on startup. And particularly in flight, in an A350, there's much better insulation. It's a lot, you know, you, you're talking about for the masses, not the people up the front, people who yeah. are behind the wing where a lot of the noise is generated. And the A350 is a much better product. Um, going back to this ultra-long haul situation, because there's a lot of a lot of questions out there as to, you know, whom Qantas and whom other airlines are going to go with. Um, and it's going to come back to the, the humidifiers on board how to maintain that environment um, and the science involved obviously in, in, in cabin layout for you know getting people there in one piece in the best condition so I think I think people might actually the airlines might actually go for the Boeing product because they have a better patent on a better product in the humidifier so um, unless something happens with Airbus yeah. unfortunately I think they'll go with it 787 yeah I, I can't be at all surprised about that really now will i mean obviously all right you're, you're enjoying the uh, the life of luxury now um, <laughs> but obviously you've done your fair share of economy flying actually so um out of all of the airlines that you've you've flown with with the economy product which one have you i mean or are they all pretty horrendous I, well i think they're all they are all much of a muchness some yeah. of the seats are better it uh, where i've been unlucky is a lot of the routes that i've flown tends to be the older planes yeah. the older cabin crew it, yeah. it's it's kind of like where they they do that route to service and, and, until they stop functioning essentially yeah yeah and that's just the cabin crew yeah yeah and <laughs> yeah. no and you do see some of them adjust i mean i have probably 70 percent of the flights i've ever done have been with klm yeah or getting on for that and they are the only thing that's good about them is they don't change in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> they just no, they're the same. <laughs> they are the same, and they do that. You you do know what you're getting when you go onto a KLM plane. Yeah, true. Regardless of the size of the plane, the destination, the route, whatever, it's the staff are always a little bit weird and Dutch, but. <laughs> no, no. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 well, yeah, that's a fair point. I thought you liked KLM. <laughs> I, yeah. No, I do. The, the, my biggest downside to KLM is there is... Oh, oh, no, I tell a lie. The other day, coming back from... Or it was either coming back from Skipper or going to Skipper, there was a very nice young lady working on board. and But that is the first one in the whole of KLM I've seen. Okay, right. Uh, what, <laughs> do, what don't you like about well. BA? Just before, you know, before we go anywhere. <laughs> so, but for ne the benefit of Nev, yeah. what don't so, you like about BA? I've only, in recent years, I've only flown BA a couple of times, and every time I've had, there's been something wrong with the seat. I've had the TV screens not working. I've had the 
the air hostesses haven't been particularly friendly or they've been a bit grumpy the food wasn't too sharp and i flew ba from london to dubai and it was just a pretty all round don't yeah. say that they're doing oh, no. it in a few weeks time <laughs> it was it but it was just an all round it just wasn't a very nice experience and considering you expect when you go it's a bit like when you go on board emirates you expect everything to be that little bit right. better yeah, mm. yeah. when i go from being a klm flyer to a ba you expect you assume that it's going you expect to be a jump standard, yeah, and yeah. it didn't feel like that right. jump and it mm. just wasn't that's actually a captain house just saying ba business slash first can be summed up as inconsistent <laughs> I just think that that wasn't that great. So, experience. so Nev, just obviously uh, to to so maybe leap to the defence a little bit. I mean, is are there any um, uh, are there any things you could suggest perhaps is to help with in regards to Will's experience? I mean, is he picking the wrong aircraft to fly on or? <laughs> Well, you often don't have a choice, do you? Well, I mean, we yeah. actually you might do it in terms of the timing of the aircraft. Um, they are really trying to up their game i've noticed and uh, of course carlos and i will be on an a350 yeah. 1000 uh in a week and a bit's time mm. yeah very, uh, when we're very going to dubai so looking forward to that um but uh, no I, i'm you know i've never had a duff flight uh, on ba ever and that's long haul and short haul as well um but as uh, al said in the chat room it's just a bit inconsistent, mm. probably. So, um, you know, some, some people have good experiences and, and some don't. But well, uh, they certainly they do lag behind the uh, Middle Eastern and Central European. Mm. Uh, Central European uh, uh, if, if actually, Ro Roger Baird is uh, saying in chat room, sort of short, uh, medium, medium, long, long super long versus, versus super it's long. very hard mm. to generalise, which, yeah. which is fair comment because, I mean, it depends on the product and where you're going as to what yeah. the standards will yeah. be. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of the short haul flights now, are, again, unless you pay for it, you don't get a meal, do you, if it's only sort of a short flight, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think that's where it is. A lot of it depends on the route, where you're going, mm. the end destination. Some airlines are operating, like Emirates going from Dubai into yeah. Bangladesh. They're operating, obviously, because there's more people coming from that mm. way here. And, and the people and that are that, going yeah. back are either people returning or people going for business. Yeah. And it, you just kind of feel that we're operating this because we yeah. need to offer it. But mm. Mm, it's not. No. Indeed. Well, we could we could go on and on and on, but we are essentially, I'm afraid, rapidly running out of time. So it is uh, time to start wrapping up. It's um, hey. it's been a great. Hey, Matt. Hello. Yes. Hi. Yeah. So real quick, I, I've just got one more uh, little question for for Matt actually. Yeah, no so our podcast community, mm -hmm. right? The reason we're all in this is is not just uh, you know because we like it. it. It really is a little community. And you briefly mentioned that you were able to be here in Charlotte for your um, for your family mm -hmm. because of the generosity of everyone, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I've got to say that our community, I am absolutely humbled uh, by our community. And the re I will say the reason why I'm here is my father just passed away on Monday and I was able to be with him for an hour before he passed away, and which was fantastic. Um, I, I let my ego go and put it out to the universe for help. And I have three kids and I work my butt off to make sure my kids have everything they need. And it was a bit of a shock when I was told that my father was deteriorating as quickly as I was, as he was. And I knew if I didn't 
I knew if I didn't try everything in my power to try and get here, I knew I would be regretting it for the rest of my life. So I put it out to GoFundMe um, to just to put it out there, just to see if I could, if it could happen. And if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. And my friends in the aviation community, yourself included, and and Carlos and and other people, um, Dr. Steph and Captain Jeff and a whole bunch of other people, you know, chipped in to afford me an aircraft ticket and to pay my bills whilst I'm away. Um, I was able to raise four and a half thousand dollars in 24 hours. And a lot of people I've spoken to afterwards have said they've never seen anything like that before. And all I can say is that it comes back to, I'm grateful that other people around the world think enough of me and my friends, including you guys, um, love me enough as a friend and as a vicarious family member. It's kind of a weird thing, our community, um, to enable me to spend that last moment with my father. And I'm completely humbled and I would just like to say thank you to everybody around the world for making you know my life, completing the circle in my life to send my father off in peace. Well, I, th- I think it's... Uh... Uh, you know, it's a, we've said before, haven't we? It's a wonderful community that we are so lucky to be a part of. And uh, as you say, a story, story like that, uh, it sort of it, it, it's pretty amazing, really. So, uh, yes, uh, as I say, from all of us here, Matt, um, we're obviously we're we're all thinking of you, and Thanks, um, mate. we'll um, you know, I'm so glad that you managed to get there in time. And uh, it's uh, it means a lot. It's, it really uh, does. It is. Well, I think that's a perfect place to, to bring things to a close, Carlos. What do you reckon? Well, um, I think, Matt, that we should uh, not bring the show to a close now um, because, uh, as most of you know, last week we didn't do a live show because uh, Matt had a slight issue with his car parked outside slightly, his house here yeah. in uh, <laughs> just <slightly>. the studios <laughs> just downstairs. Um, I got the call when I got home from work, um, just after I got out of the shower, actually. Thanks, Matt. Uh, to say <laughs> Always that, a pleasure. Uh, thanks for that mental image. <laughs> yeah. To say that... Thanks for uh, that, yes. Yeah. Lovely. So I got the call to say that, um, the show. <laughs> as, as Matt would say, we can't do the live show, Carlos, because my car is on fire. <laughs> so I uh, quickly hopped around to, uh, to see Matt and uh, to, uh, to see how things were. And it's safe to say that the fire service were having... Slight difficulty in putting out putting the inferno out. that was <laughs> yeah. Matt's car. Um, now, I uh, obviously stayed here for a little while with Matt just to uh, to keep an eye on him and uh, go and see Mama Smith and make sure things were fine. And after, um, after watching Matt operate with uh, the fire service, because all Matt was concerned about was providing the fire service with teas, coffees and hot <laughs> sausage rolls, well, which yeah, the fire service cool. loved, I yeah. will say. So I got home that night from uh, from here, and uh, after a, a lengthy conversation with uh, with Captain Jeff, uh, what's that there? Oh, there's a picture of Matt's car in flames there. Yeah, um, and that was. Bear in mind, guys and girls, this car was parked literally yeah. probably about seven inches so just, away from his house. Just to the left of that is my house, and in fact, the, the you can just see the little aerial that we use for the four four Gs. Anyway, yes, so anyway, so yeah. I I got home that night and um, I've known Matt for a lot of years and Matt is an incredible person, which is why I asked him to be on this show. He's done a hell of a lot to help me over the course of uh, the last sort of 
15 odd years I think it's uh, safe to say oh, it's probably longer long, than that really that I've, uh, so I made a phone call to uh, a very good friend of mine and of Matt's and of many people across the globe and I spoke to uh, Captain Jeff I had an idea in my head of something that I wanted to do for Matt um, and uh, cool, this is uh, not easy for me to talk but I will continue anyway um, so I had an idea of what I wanted to do for Matt and I passed the idea on to to Jeff and uh, we we had a bit of a brainstorm as to how we were going to put this in motion and with the help of uh, Jeff and Auntie Liz we set the wheels in motion to uh, start a little something uh, to kind of give back to you Matt and what have you done? we got together with uh, me and many other members of the community across the globe together and uh, we, got, we got you a little gift and uh, it's in the card here, what we've got you. Right. And on behalf of me and Nev, Armando, and everyone in that card, um, we've got you a little uh, something uh, to say thank you for, uh, for thank being you. you. For being you. <laughs> right, okay. As a kind of help. I can't if you get wanna... in, it won't, <laughs> won't let me in. Matt's trying to open the what's, card what's frantically here. He's failing. Okay, sorry, this is really terrible radio, isn't it? I know. Sorry. So Matt's opening the card now. So we've... Uh, oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> look at that. How cool is that? Love that. Uh, I hope you like the gift that we got you. Anyway. What? Ha hang on. What, 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 so, Matt, for those of you listening to the audio podcast, basically, um, with the help of the very generous community that we have within our the whole podcast community, no, we have been able to uh, get Matt a new car, and uh, it's, uh, I'm pleased to say it's fully taxed, uh, has a full tank of diesel, and is currently taking up room on my driveway back, at, uh, back at home. So, Matt, on behalf of everyone... In the P2K and the community, aviation community, from us, a new set of wheels, mate. I'd set fire to these ones. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, thank you, isn't it? Oh, my God. Well, how did... did it's you, amazing you what you can do. You can't normally organise a piss-up in a brewery. <laughs> what the <laughs> wow. wow! Oh my god! That's from uh, that's from everybody around the world. Yeah, uh, that loves you, Matt. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, I couldn't bring the car into the studio. No, this studio no. is very small. <laughs> but um, but if you could come and collect the car at some point, it would be lovely. But it's uh, <laughs> we thought we'd go all out. We'd get you a top of the range um, C Max. Right. It's got all the uh, bells and whistles and toys and gadgets and stuff and. Um, yeah, it's just our way of, of kind of just, you know, uh, as Jeff kindly put it, you know, we, we you know, we look after our own. I, 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 guys, I, I, I'm completely blown away. I don't, I, I don't know what to say. Um, wow. I mean, I, in a way, I mean, it is, this seems so very, um, 
I mean, obviously, the, the story we've heard from Matt tonight as well, and obviously this, this pales in mere insignificance to obviously what, what this poor guy's going through it's all love. Uh, it's all love. Uh, at the moment. But, um, wow, I just... Uh, wow, I, I, thank you, <laughs> which is the, the u- most useless word in the entire world. But uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I, I just can't believe it. I actually can't believe it. Thank you to... Wow, just wow. I, I, I have to say, <laughs> uh, when I started the ball rolling last week... Uh, even I was, I sat at home last weekend and I was just in shock through the generosity of the community and stuff is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you wouldn't believe, Matt, honestly, so, you know, the, the, I, the, I just... <laughs> the generosity of our listeners and Matt, the community. Matt, would you like to um, show everybody, have uh, you got to the pictures? Oh, I put some, yeah, there's pictures yeah. of the car. Pictures would be good. Yes, yeah. of course, yeah, sorry. Um, this is... Uh... Well, Carlos, you're better at this than me. You do, you do that. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm better at pressing buttons. No, there we go. There's, there we um, go. there's. So that is a. Uh, a I don't know for the for you guys in the US, but this is a Ford C Max. I'm guessing you guys probably have a C Max in the US. Uh, Captain Rick says, "Can he borrow my car?" Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there we go. There's a, there's a picture of the interior there, which has a slightly upgraded interior as yeah. to uh, to Matt's old vehicle. Well, I just I, I've. I, as I say, I just can't. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm blown, blown away. I, I'm beyond blown away. It, this is uh, as, uh, as uh, we were only saying a moment ago. It was. I can't believe. Uh, you know, we are so. This is such an amazing community. Well, thank you guys. I just can't. <laughs> Lane Street says the steering wheel's on the wrong side, Carlos. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, Adam <laughs> Spink says. Does it have MCAS? <laughs> no, I'm pleased to say the MCAS system has been removed from yeah, this vehicle. Absolutely. Well, Tony yeah. S in the chat room also said, make sure it's got a fire extinguisher. Yes, that's probably an excellent idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, let's let's get a fire extinguisher, shall we? It's uh, where uh, right. Hang on, sorry. Somebody's just uh, uh, hello. What's going on here? Oh, I see. Yes, here we go. There we go. Uh, hang on, we're just popping up a slightly better version of. Let me just do this. Sorry, this is this is not something that we. This is a bit use. Apologies for those listening on the audio version, where this will essentially mean absolutely nothing to them. But uh, there we go. There it is. There, there is what you you have all helped to uh, to to get from Matt. So <laughs> thanks, everyone. I, the lovely blue over. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I love <it>. indeed. <laughs> what, a, what a treat, guys! I, I I don't know. I I don't know what to say. Uh, as I say, thank you is such a, a pathetic word, really, isn't it? But uh, thank you. Um, right, well, we need to go. We need to go and take some photos well, of me in it. So that is uh, where we are <laughs> going to bring episode number two hundred and ninety-three. I'm never going to trust you again. You realise that? Talking UK <laughs> podcast to a close. Um, <laughs> next week, obviously, as you guys know, me and Nev will be off to Dubai, yeah. but we will be doing a live show next Friday. But the difference will be, I'll be in the Nev Tech Studios next Friday oh, night. Oh my goodness! So uh, hopefully, Nev can <laughs> can find me a stool or relevant um, cushion somewhere to sit on. In uh, he'll pro- if I know Nev, he'll probably bring out the bri- break out the big camera next mm. week, perhaps for. Uh... Well, we could do, couldn't we? Yeah. Yes, uh, just going to say a quick thanks to everyone who's joined us in the live YouTube chat room this evening. Thanks to uh, all the family members in there for joining us and obviously thanks to everyone again um for uh, helping yeah. us uh, to uh, well look and after Matt. obviously again we're both mats in in this occasion yeah, obviously our wonderful yeah. community, not only for me but but for obviously matt who's currently in charlotte which is yes. very good mm. uh guys we need to get out of this very quickly because we're now and will yeah thanks for joining us yeah that's okay 
Yeah. Oh. <laughs> turn, hopefully, turn his mic on. Sorry, sorry about that. Yes. Okay. He, he was okay. buzzing okay. a minute ago. Any time. Yeah. If I'm in so, the country. That is where we're going to bring the show to a close. Thanks again, everyone. Take care. Have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. I'm sure Matt will uh, have some fun this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, on behalf of me, Carlos here, Will and Matt in the P2K studios, Nev and uh, Armando and MBF, Matt Bunting Frame, over in the US. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. See you guys. And goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs>